Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, would you love to hear us give the same treatment to Futurama? Who would do a thing like that? Who could do a thing like that? Then you'll be delighted to know we're doing just that for Futurama's entire first season. Hey, when you look this good, you don't have to know anything. And it'll only be available for people who donate at the $5 level to the Talking Simpsons Patreon. Oh god, no! And along with 13 episodes of Talking Futurama, you'll get all 23 episodes of Talking Critic, the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, monthly community podcasts, interviews with Simpsons writers, and so much more! Shut up and take my money! Remember, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons to get your hands on podcasts from the world of tomorrow! I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody! Welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we apply our knowledge of fractions and gym to real-life situations. I'm your host, Dorcas Malorcus Bob Mackey, and this is a chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and I just had a sinful shopping spree in Wee World. <laughs> and who else? I'm Matthew J, and my dad says Talking Simpsons is like everything's coming up, Simpsons, if it were run by Ned Flanders. That's <laughs> possibly true. And today's episode is Bart on the Road. Spring break! Well, when are we going to get rowdy? Today's episode aired on March 31st, 1996, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! Georgia beats Tennessee to win the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Celine Dion's Because You Loved Me is top Mm. in the charts. And All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 flops at the box office. Back into hell. (laughs) (laughs) It recast everybody. It's got no one back. It was not done by John Bluth. They couldn't get Dom DeLuise? uh, Oh, he did come back. He's the one. It actually starts with Itchy dead. Like, Itchy is in heaven. And he's like, oh, I guess I died finally. But no Burt Reynolds. No, Charlie Sheen recasts as Burt Reynolds. <laughs> the Burt Reynolds of the 90s it plays Burt Reynolds. It took over. It's just a jerk. I've never seen either of those movies. I haven't either. Really? I've yeah. never seen... Uh, I've, I've missed most of the Don Bluth uh, I kind of have, too. We were like... It was just... I guess it was because we were at Disney Home. Like, yeah. But when I was like paying attention to the new movies that were coming out, it was when Don Bluth was in like his downslide. So I saw oh, like sure. his good movies from early on, but when like Pebble and the Penguin was coming out, I was like, I... <sighs> Uninterested, yeah. like Her- Hercules is in theaters right now. Let's go see that. Well, I'm surprised Bob hadn't seen it because for our generation, pre Disney Renaissance, those Don yeah. movies were the good movies. Like before mm-hmm. The Little Mermaid came out, Spielberg was making the good Disney movies with all the ex-Disney folks that Tom Bluth was in charge of. Then he started his own studio and he fucked up that reputation real hard in like a year. Yeah. Yeah, He made three movies that all flopped. But Pebble and the Penguin, uh, Troll in Central Park, and... Anastasia. uh, No, I mean Spielberg. Spielberg, Oh, I thought you talked about Don Bluth. Spielberg made... We're Back. Amblimation. Yes, which had We're Back, it had the Fievel sequel, and... And Fievel Goes West. Yeah, and another one that just, they all did poorly. Mm. And it was within like a couple years and they just closed right away. Yeah. like, nah, we, that was a mistake. It was just like Warner Brothers when they were like, no, we made two movies that <laughs> just died. I interviewed Don Bluth not too long ago with uh, Gary Goldman, his uh, like animation partner. It was a fun interview, oh, cool. and he's still hanging in there at, in 80. his 80s, yeah. I think. He's 80 know? years old. Wow. And I, I don't know if that Dragon's Lair uh, cartoon or movie you wanted to make ever got funded. That the was what the interview failed, was for. Okay, The yeah. Kickstarter failed, but he made an Indiegogo, which has reached like 200% funding or something, yeah. but yeah. It's, I don't think it'll come out. I just feel bad at the idea of forcing an 80-year-old man to animate. <laughs> 
athletes yeah. now. It's like in that in in that Kickstarter video, he's he's like, I direct regional plays now. I don't draw things. <laughs> yeah. And and then the big promise of the Kickstarter, I think, included like we're gonna get sexier with these drawings of the girls from Dragon's Lair. It's like well, I guess that's who you're going for. It's smart. Audience. Those videos are real. Like the videos of him and Gary Goldman sitting there, like dressed like knights of Templar. <laughs> like it's real. Sad. I just I looked into those again because I'm making a video about Rough Bakshi that mm. hopefully is out by the time you hear this. The state of 2D animation of the guys that want to bring it back is I, is a real shame. I could be wrong about this, but I believe that Kickstarter for the Dragon's Lair movie was to fund a pilot reel or like a pitch reel so they could shop it around. And I'm like, you have right. two pitch. Reels. It's called Dragon's Lair One and Dragon's Lair Two. Those are your pitch reels yeah, for the movie. Long time ago, <laughs> but it's still. It's still like this count. is what you're going to get in a movie of Dragon's Lair. It's not going to be any different. <laughs> mm. uh, but sorry, yeah. <laughs> not the TV show though. Don't look at Ooh, that. Ooh, no, no, or no. Or the no. NES game. Uh, in fact, he disavowed any relationship with that TV show during our interview. He's like, I didn't do anything with that. That was not me. <laughs> I mean, the Dragon's Lair's game show that you can animate that well for like four minutes of animation and call it a video game but that's that's different from making a film or even just a short film of mm-hmm. Dragon's Lair which I feel would be pretty boring they're they're not interesting characters in Dragon's Lair they're just archetypes yep. animated yeah. well I'd rather have a space ace movie Ooh, but- definitely <laughs> yeah. and you can still get Don Bluth boobies in that yeah. instead and she's a redhead yeah. Better. Uh, sorry, but, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> was, sorry for blonde in the audience. I, I don't know why that uh, happened with uh, with All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, meanwhile, Don Bluth. Not at all involved in... Really surprised that went to the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the, just a weird time where people... There was a gold rush at that point. That was like after, you know, Disney had started making money again mm. and people wanted to make 2D movies again. And same thing with the Fievel sequel he had nothing to do with. That was Spielberg produced and that came out and tanked, even though Jimmy it's Stewart's like cooler. It. Yeah. For some but, reason. I like it. It's a Western, but it's just like, it's odd. Nobody asked for that. Yeah. The it's first... a Jewish Western, though, which we don't have many. As as we learned yeah. uh, from Dustin Hoffman on The Simpsons, there yeah. were a few Jewish cowboys and they spent freely. And they were they had a good aim, I think. <laughs> uh, this episode, uh, let's get into it. So it's a spring break episode, which The Simpsons had not done. In their search for episode ideas, uh, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein and the team were like, we've never done a spring break episode. Where could they go? And I believe they were going to send The Simpsons to like Fort Lauderdale originally, but they decided to take them to a more interesting place. <laughs> In terms yeah. of uh, comedy writing. <laughs> yeah, this it takes spring break to a road trip angle, which I definitely like how much more like unique and down to earth this is compared to seasons 11, Kill the Alligator and Run. Yep, the uh, famous Kid Rock, uh, yep. Joe C, RIP, uh, guest appearance. <laughs> the people who hate on Principal of the Popper, I'm like, come on, Kill the Alligator and Run. That's when the show fucking lost it. Well, when we get President Kid Rock in about nine years, we'll yeah. say that's a great episode. They have a fan boat chase and it's when Burt Reynolds was like all over television for me which was weird like there like it was in it was a little bit before my name is Earl but like I remember Burt Reynolds popping up on a lot of like hey old people watch TV and they didn't get him like come on if you're gonna have a gator chase they went with Diedrich Bader the more uh, (laughs) I forgot he was in that wow yeah Diedrich Bader is underrated he's good but he does shit like Mm -hmm. he's a good he's gotta work I know but like he didn't fucking meet the Spartans it's like (laughs) he was a great Jethro in the Beverly Hillbillies movie that movie that movie should be seen the the way like the Adams Family movie is seen is like watch it again. This movie's mm. got some funny stuff in it. Yeah, it's not fair uh, the, how people look down on it. Lily Tomlin, like that was perfect casting. They and- reunite the cast of Nine to Five. <laughs> wow. Right. Uh, but but about this, episode, yeah, this was this was a fun one to go on spring break with the kid. I forgot how many jokes were in this or how many plot lines I'd completely miss 
remember. I like, yeah, it's Bart in a car. That's all that happens in this one, right? Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about all the Marge stuff too, which is like the uh, thirty second B plot in this episode. Marge <laughs> is lonely. Everyone's ignoring Marge, and uh, I don't know she gets a little something in the end, but that's basically it. For Marge. I guess a little bit yeah. actually. Yeah, that was the Marge thing really got me in watching this. Like, oh, this is depressing for Marge, and nothing really. She doesn't get fixed. I guess when the family gets back together at the end, it's like that's why she's she is happy again. But... Yeah, her story is like that she's blissfully unaware of the horrible shit that all the men in her family get up to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but also another thing I love about this episode that it is so 1996. It is oh yeah, so specifically dated. Not in ways they couldn't help like pre 911 airlines, but also just that they. They say there's 1982, mm-hmm. and that was 14 years ago. They yep. say that out loud, which I really like as well. And apparently children could rent cars uh, in yeah, 1996. I, I feel like even in 1996, you had to put down a credit card to rent a car. Yeah, like, I would have liked to see that scene, and I feel like it was in an earlier <laughs> version of them trying to rent a car and getting away with it. They only have like one scene of a character shrugging their shoulders like, well, for plot purposes, I have to accept this as yes. real. It's but, proof enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> this episode begins with uh, a, a wonderful Principal Skinner scene, which I'd also forgotten. Me too. Uh, spring break in Hong Kong. Custom-made suits at slave labor prices. <laughs> I, good Lord, they've got this all wrong. Yes, this is Principal Seymour Skinner. How can I help you, Principal? I'm afraid there are some problems with my tickets. I asked for a center seat, oh. not an aisle seat. <laughs> I specifically requested not to have the kosher meal, and I booked the flight leaving Saturday morning, not Friday morning. Okay, I've gone ahead and made those changes, and with the one-day advance purchase price, it's just an extra $7,830. GM Chrysler, I can't afford that. <sighs> but I can't close the school a day early just to suit my vacation. Or can I? <laughs> think, Seymour, think. Go to work with your parents' day. Yes, go to work with your parents' day. <laughs> Tomorrow you will learn by doing and apply your knowledge of fractions and gym to real-world situations. What if I were to disguise my vacation as a school holiday? Oh, delightfully devilish, Seymour. This is one episode yeah. before the steamed hams. But so. man, uh, a center uh, a center seat on an international flight. He's a he's like a, a masoch sorry a, a masochist. Masochist, <laughs> masochist. I mean, he's a former POW. That's true. So. He wore that iron mask. But I have to tell you, I don't like I, men who were captured. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's not get into that. But <laughs> I, I just was on an international flight and I figured out the ideal place to sit, and in that most international flights have three rows of uh, seats Mm -hmm. I find that the center row of seats and the aisle is ideal because you are just king of that uh, king of that realm it's like I can get up whenever I want people (laughs) probably won't climb over me because there's another way out and it's usually you're with people who are together so if you're flying alone center row aisle seat and it's good nice I always go for the aisle seat I've been flying a lot recently both cross country and also within this enormous state and I I always go for the aisle seat and uh I recently, I was on a flight recently, and I just want to tell everyone, don't put your fucking seat back. Yes. That's the shittiest thing in the world, and they shouldn't even do that. That's an act of war. out of yeah. it, like, comfort-wise. It adds yeah. nothing to your flight experience to be tilted back, like, one inch. Yeah, I'm, I'm a tallman, and I don't even uh, put the seat back, because I know it's just, like, it doesn't do anything. It it's, just inconveniences the person behind you. I have recently, I've, d- <laughs> I've discovered, so some 
it's a weird tangent. Some some planes have more legroom than others, of course. My knees touch the back of a lot of seats on planes. I got long legs, and I've realized that I can tell when someone's about to move their seat back as you move forward a little bit, and I just yeah. took my knee right there, and they just think it's broken. <laughs> I've done that several times recently. Nice. That's awesome. I, I'm more of a window seat guy because I can hold I can hold my uh, bladder pretty well for a full flight, even a even an eight-hour cross-country one. Wow. I, I need two bathroom breaks yeah. just, to, just to not die of a blood clot, which my, <laughs> well, my mom so, feared would happen <laughs> that's both i matthew have you got this because both of our moms told us before japan flights yeah like better stand up you're gonna get a blood clot if you in one of your legs and then that goes to your heart and your heart stops and you're dead like, i come from a poor family and we don't fly i uh, i've yeah. only recently been flying a lot because i moved across the country <laughs> my mom doesn't fly my mom hates i get no flights, advice about flights but she read stories i think at one time of like one person ever who got a blood clot from sitting too long on a long flight richard nixon yeah, <laughs> my phlebitis uh, yeah, I think it's, a th- I mean, I love my mom, but it is the mom thing. Like, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to happen to you, and I need to warn you. <laughs> it is a very, you know, it's, you're right, a very that's mom. explains so much about you. That's, uh, yeah, it really does. That airline Skinner is flying with, uh, Sky Amera Westica, is a parody <laughs> of a budget airline, a real budget airline. I forget the actual name of it, but it really puts Skinner's, like, economic situation into the light of day. Like, he's very poor. This is his one trip of the year, and he's got to fly, like, on this uh, this rinky dink airline to go to Hong Kong to get to get cheap suits to get cheap suits. Yeah, that's paying he... his mom back for all the food she's ever. <laughs> that's given right. Him. Well, I also love the line of slave labor suits, uh, like slave labor prices. That's well, now we all have that. Yeah. in America, we've got access to that now. But... I did want to go into uh, go to work with your parents' day, which is a I guess parody or a uh, mirroring of the take our daughters to work day, which was a fairly recent thing in uh, history. At this point, it started in 1992. So was started by a feminist organization called the Ms. Foundation for Women. Mm-hmm. And it was a way to show uh, little girls like, hey, like you can uh, do more than be a housewife or a mommy or whatever. Like go to your work with your parents and see what jobs are like because I, I, it was still, uh, this is still in re- relatively recent history where it was like women in the workplace. I don't know about this. Yeah, <laughs> unlike now, which now we just have people saying like, I just don't know. You have to test it out. Why are they wearing lipstick? <laughs> what does lipstick say? When you look at it? <laughs> this is Jordan Peterson, by the way, not Yoda. <laughs> but uh, of course, because mem- thing. Uh, men saw this, were like, hey, wait, wait a minute, we're being excluded from something. Uh, I want a part of this. So it was changed to take our daughters and sons to work day in 2003, <laughs> uh, although boys were never excluded from it. But we, we needed a piece of that pie, man. I'm going to work oh, with my mom. God. I remember what? when that change happened because as a kid, I remember noticing because I never did it. I but, never did it. But I remember either. like one year it being like, hey, wait, I thought it was just girls. I also don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I never didn't, didn't like raise a stink about I it. I would have liked to not be in school a day and go with my parents to work, but I yeah. feel like I would have just seen. I did visit my mom's workplace a few times, never my dad's. It was a running joke for my dad to never tell me what he did. Like I'd say, Dad, what do you do? And he would joke and say, I, I'd just make up a title and not say what it was i i now think it was just the usual office drudgery that makes all people hate themselves it could have been like in the wonder years when you would go to visit your dad at work and you know in the end my dad was just a regular guy (laughs) (laughs) and then the turtles would play in the background 
in the end, my dad was the older guy in the office that everybody hates, and eventually <laughs> an HR violation will get him fired. But uh, I think that's who my dad. My dad is actually a monster. <laughs> my dad got me too. Uh, oh no, no, that didn't <laughs> happen to my dad. He just was an asshole to people. Uh. Uh, but it's also weird that Skinner specifically doesn't want a kosher meal. Like, that yeah, he's that's strong. he's got some strange opinions about uh, about women too, about uh, housewives too. We find out yeah. later. Yeah, a lot, I, a lot of strong opinions that come out of nowhere. Yeah, I I also love in the, uh, the the spring break time frame of this episode that he yeah. it makes it clear like he gets that tickets in the mail. It starts on Thursday, but he's like, go to work with your parents. Day is tomorrow, so I have off Friday. It starts on Friday. By the end of the episode, Bart is home by Friday it's, the next week. I like going back into this. I just remembered, yeah, Bart is in a car and they're going places. It's like this is very well plotted in terms of figuring out the mechanics of having all these things happen within this time frame. It's very well done. Skinner sees it that the school can't possibly function unless he's there. <laughs> yeah. He needs to be there at all times, even though we've seen him not at work sometimes. Like in the last episode, I talked about with you guys where he's at the court case. That's right. In the middle of the day. He goes to a lot of famous cartoon court cases too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he made up another holiday for that. And I did love that gag about how the things you learn in school are useless and would have no effect on real life. I the One of the most useful classes I ever took was the one, at least in my generation, they still made fun of men for taking which was home ec which is like this taught me how to cook basic things and yeah. boil water and also how to write a check and return addresses these are the shit they don't tell you in useless classes that just are about passing a test yeah i mean they really should teach more life skills i was i was upset that like i never learned about like here's what interest is and here's how credit works yeah. and here's like all this stuff you need to know to function in society but it's like no no trigonometry learn yeah, that i wish i learned i wish i took like a how to fill out a check class yeah, or yeah. how to balance your checkbook class how to do your taxes oh my god how could they not have a do your taxes class like because they don't care because it's all (laughs) built on things from a hundred years ago it's the school to prison system you're not doing taxes in jail yeah (laughs) you're either going to go to a prison of a workplace or the actual prison either way oh there's a recent episode of atlanta that takes place in a like middle school and it just gave me like nom flashbacks Mm. because they have those yellow brick walls and like this fluorescent lights with no windows and i I remembered like i would get like weirdly like claustrophobic sometimes they'd be like i can't breathe right now because there's no new air coming into this room Uh, i don't like that this takes me back but uh, it's better when you can learn at home like bart i can't help it if mom's workplace contains our tv Mm. i'm honored bart and lisa you'll have a fine time at the plant with dad you've been interested in nuclear power for years i've signed numerous petitions to shut down that plant well there you go (laughs) mom you're blocking the tv if you need something to do you can fill out my form here parents occupation please note Homemaker is not allowed as it is not real work. That's why you don't get paid for it. (laughs) Bart can take my place at the plant. But he so wanted to see women in the workplace. How about Aunt Patty and Aunt Summer at the DMV? (laughs) Of course, of course, I would never, ever have thought of that. Kind of like uh, Marge's very, very sweet faith in Bart throughout this entire episode. She never loses her faith or questions anything he's doing <laughs> and believes him. something from Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Man. Like, she, she should have learned not to trust him. I just love that she's innocently honored by it. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> so honored. Like, though, it is still my dream day off to just sit in my around in my PJs and watching cartoons. I never there. tried pouring the entire thing of milk into the cereal box like Bart does. <laughs> it's a great it's a great payoff when it all falls out at the end <laughs> yeah. for, for emphasis 
emphasis on the the fate that you know awaits him. Yeah, it's a good just like plop, just a well timed plop of that. And Marge is cleaning that up. Yeah, if my mom saw me do that in the living room, that would be the topic of conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you can't pour milk into the cereal box, even even if well, if it was insulated with the plastic inside the cereal box, maybe the milk wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, but, those bags leak though. Yeah, but and, I'd want to eat it out of the bowl because that's how the commercials told me it's supposed <laughs> to be eaten with a with a uh, full carafe of orange juice and like five toasts half a grapefruit a steak (laughs) (laughs) everything that complete breakfast a rack of lamb uh and and also i love that she emphasizes that she would have never ever thought of the body and selma thing without lisa saying it that's great and the marge is just condescending almost like there you go yeah (laughs) i like how quickly that plan comes together too like she immediately i guess throws him in that station wagon and drives him to the dmv yeah because this is all one day i mean marge wasn't wrong lisa has always been interested in nuclear power that's why she protested it (laughs) except when she is working for uh the labor union's rights and Mm. playing songs to make it feel better it's more about the workers yeah it's about it's about labor solidarity for lisa when she plays classical gas for them uh the these scenes like this always made me fear the DMV as a kid too. Like there's two scenes in this that made me fear adulthood and it was thought of like I'll be trapped in a line at a DMV forever and that just fills me with anxiety and then the idea of changing a flight ticket and mm. being charged an insane amount uh, for having to change the day like those both fill me with like anxiety and dread these are definitely I think rooted in people who grew up in like LA and New York or living in LA like the writers because I didn't get, really get these DMV jokes until I had to go to the DMV in Southern California mm-hmm. where in my small town it's like you go to the DMV you're one of two people there and you're there for like 10 minutes at most when you go to the DMV in California it's a day like bring a book bring a lunch you're there all day and you now you log in online on a lot of them now now I just get my fucking license renewed via mail because I'm not going to the DMV. <laughs> I had to take a day off of work to get my California license when I moved out here. A day off of work. Yeah, I had to do that And too. I had to take a fucking test. I'd, I had a written test. <laughs> I still haven't switched over. Oh my I've God. I've been here almost a year. Uh, I put it off for a very long time That's too. illegal. We can't harbor Matthew. No. Is it illegal? It is it, if you're driving. Why? Okay, no, I haven't been driving regularly. A, as long as it's a legal license. I thought no, you need to get it. I mean, this is not legal chat, but you need to get it fixed <laughs> within like a month or two. I learned the hard oh, way. Christ. When I got pulled over. I just kept feeling like, this isn't going to last. I I won't be here long. (laughs) And I still feel that way. You don't feel like like a California resident? Nah, I still feel like I'm going to be back in Jersey any moment. Just make sure you say hella every day. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll feel more at home the more you say hella. I actually did have this recently where I had to change a flight to an extra day. And they said like, all right, that's uh, $300 and then a $200 fee. I'm like, and that was one of those gotcha moments where they can finally say like, well, remember when you could have paid 20 bucks? to protect this flight and you didn't well 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 it's like, <laughs> fuck you i do that sometimes but not always i i'm pretty good at buying plane tickets like i i've last time i flew across the country it was like 200 bucks mm-hmm. it was an extra 100 because i had a cat with me but you know whatever you that's how much it always costs and i just flew uh back and forth to la for like 100 bucks and rented a car for like 200 so i spent a week in la for like 300 bucks because i also nice. stayed on jose's couch what's up jose we'll be there soon uh, maybe not at jose's house though no. <laughs> uh, let's check with this jose again. <laughs> but uh then we get a follow-up on the big wheel at the cracker Ooh. factory well, at least I'm not stuck at the cracker factory like Millhouse. Wow! <laughs> Ever wonder how crackers get salted? Have I? <laughs> wow! Crackers, ho! I never- 
never knew cracker production could be so exciting. But where do they make those crackers with that peanut butter already inside? Uh, put this on and come with me, son. <laughs> That's the one bit of dignity and joy that Kirk has ever afforded is yeah. this amazing cracker job that he loses next year. He's a big wheel there. Yeah. He'll he'll lose that very soon. It's a family company. <laughs> I'm surprised they could still afford all that stuff when they're losing to amalgamated biscuit. Allied biscuit. Allied biscuit. And table time. Yeah. <laughs> table time. That's such a Bill Oakley Josh Weinstein joke. I, I love, don't know why, but it is. I love jokes about fake cracker companies. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had a thing about Bill. I recently talked to Bill Oakley. He's very nice. He is now a famous Instagram food reviewer. I like how he pivoted to that. He, I mean, he's working on Disenchantment, but he's also a, a now like a, a, a food tuber. Yeah, and I also I also took one of his recommendations when i was in la i went to hi-ho burger in uh santa monica it's wonderful i recommend that to everyone and get the pickles good side uh but i like that he the character he's playing these in these uh reviews is basically skinner i feel like he's he's very much playing <laughs> yeah, a Skinner-esque yeah. character i could see that because he's I, very much like yes i enjoyed the burger and i bit into the toothpick like, that's his <laughs> review <laughs> my favorite was uh, that made me want to try it was that portland airport pancake i <laughs> uh, mean the portland airport is like has an amazing food court yeah it's, wow, it's I, fantastic he still lives out there he's in portland mm-hmm. but i just love that he's while show. he's in la to work on disenchantment he is now also filming while he's missing his family he's filming these <laughs> food reviews uh, the, Another thing I had forgotten in this episode was that just not only do they have the bat poles, but they play Batman 66. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Lisa is with Homer and it's much more of the reality of what you imagine of like, oh, my parents job is boring and they just they do nothing. This is all just a lie. (laughs) There is a return of the Homer defined donut with the purple stuff inside, though. Oh, yeah, that's mm, purple true. Purple stuff. It's a fruit. Actually, yeah, we get a taste of Lisa and Martin with their dads. Oh, this is a map of nuclear sites around the country. As a safety inspector, I'm responsible for changing most of these light bulbs. <laughs> Why are there so many burnt out ones? Because they won't hire an assistant. <laughs> Martin, here's $10 to invest in the futures market. Soy! 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 Martin, you're up $1 million. Yes! And now you've lost all but $600. You got greedy, Martin. Uh-huh. There's there's new meaning in 2018 to a very feminine boy going, Soy! 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 Okay. <laughs> right. That's the first thing I thought of. I don't believe that, by the way, but I've been called Soy. I've, people have just replied with the word Soy to me. Soy boy um, is the new one. Oh, I saw Soylo just last night. Oh, God. I've seen that film called that. I'm, I'll tell you what. I like I like almond milk. I like seitan. I like tempeh. I'm not a big soy fan, so mm. fuck off. <laughs> I gotta go between almond and soy milk, though. That's the most... I also eat red meat like a man. Oh, man. I'm a man. <laughs> Not going to turn my frogs gay. <laughs> you just Works. can't eat dairy because of your tummy. Uh, yes, I do. I do. It my tum-tum. My tum-tum. <laughs> uh, no, I, I always love it when Oakley and Weinstein remember that Homer is a nuclear safely, safety technician. It's yeah. something that, like, other... I don't think Dave Merkin really gave a shit. Like, the Don't Forget You're Here Forever plaque is missing, though. That is true. In his, in his office. Uh, but one thing I do like about this, we rarely hear Martin's dad, but I always love when the, the, the father or the mother has the same voice as the kids. Like, you talk Brady, son. <laughs> Martin? Yeah. That is the same voice he had in Camp Krusty when he's like, mm. you promised you wouldn't make a scene. That's right. Wow. Yeah, we never we never hear Martin's mom have anything to say, though. She does make yeah. an appearance, and she's kind of odd-looking. I, God, I love Martin in this. Like, this is just, he's so great yeah. in all of it, and it's... 
in later scenes, they will talk about how he has a different nerd energy than Milhouse. That's true. And then they mix together well. Yeah, they do a really good job of like rounding out that team. This is basically the squad from the Shelbyville episode minus Database and Todd. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and they work so well together. And one thing I learned from the commentary is, uh, and I had I forgot about this. I've heard this commentary before, but sometimes they don't get Rusey Taylor to play Martin. Uh, Pamela Hayden can do Martin sometimes. Wow. And now I want to go back and listen to all the Martins and find out which one is Pamela Hayden. But for this one, it's like we want to have it's all it's it's four little boys, and we want to make sure their voices are all distinct. And Millhouse and like Nancy's already playing two of them, so they wanted to make sure they got Rusey to play Martin in this one. So I had no idea Pamela Hayden, who plays Millhouse, sometimes does uh, Martin. Yeah, well, I mean, Rusey is. I, I would doubt she's super expensive, but she is Minnie Mouse, so you know yeah. you got to maybe put a little extra effort into getting her. Perhaps Simpsons probably even for the lower tier voices probably pays like I don't know about Disney prices, but mm-hmm. they probably pay real well. Like After the, all the threats to leave the show, I think they yeah. pay well. The main cast makes what like a couple million an episode now or something. I think they walked that back to keep the show on the air. I think yeah. they yeah. took pay cuts or something like that. When that- Friends ended, it was a huge deal that they were all making a million an episode, and now like they make more than that on the simpsons and much more than that on the i think the big bang theory guys get paid more oh, than they the, get simpsons paid the, most. the simpsons did have to get it down to hundreds of thousands mm. an episode that's why harry sure was about to quit but huh. it was and that's the the shitty thing for harry sure was that i think the choice he was left with was you either take a pay cut or everybody on the show loses their job yeah like yeah. what are you gonna do yeah because yeah. they're not gonna replace just one person yeah if so, they're gonna replace that cast they're gonna go whole hog with how it. much is young sheldon pulling down these days <laughs> probably t- too much for a child <laughs> that was a nightmare on my flight I, like i'll turn on the, the little tv and oh, see yeah. what's on it's like 15 little icons of young sheldon I'm like no no tv off, it's the up. first thing you see on a virgin flight now. I yeah, did the same thing. That's why I, I read an entire book on my flight. But they got Riverdale though. Okay. Throw in some of that Riverdale. See, I just I watch regular show. I on all three episodes of OK Go they had on there. This <laughs> is uh, why when I, when I fly to Japan I go on JAV Japan Airlines uh, JAL JAV is something else, Henry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean I don't get that. <laughs> JAL uh, don't Google that, folks. <laughs> I'm deleting my search history right now. Uh, JAL is uh, my favorite airline. Airline to go to Tokyo for one reason they bankroll Porco Rosso uh, to be on their flights and it will always be <laughs> nice. on their flights in the video thing they were one of the multiple airlines that paid for that movie which is why in the film Porco Rosso you never see a plane crash on screen wow <laughs> plane does crash but it is in the in a forested area so you don't see it interesting I didn't know that it, that was a rule from the airlines they're like in general, a rule for airline flights is they do not want to show movies where a plane crashes in them for obvious reasons. Yeah. I found this out. This is a real divergence here. But it's just like the World Trade Center. You never see the planes go in. Have you ever <laughs> noticed that? There's no footage of it. All, all the all the movies Homer got for Marge and Fear of Flying will not be on your plane. <laughs> I, I found out this rule when I was on a cruise, but they had the airline versions of movies. And they had Almost Famous in there. And if you remember, there's a scene in it that is pivotal to the plot where they think a plane is going to crash and they are all like telling their truths to one another and like saying what the hell they've been lying and finally being honest the whole time. That is not in the movie at all in the airline version. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I was watching uh, The Nice Guys on one of my planes recently and it was like heavily edited and I was like, I'm wearing headphones and watching this myself. Why are you taking the swear words out? Meanwhile, unedited Game of Thrones just plays on every <laughs> I did see a lot of that. The Simpsons will be right back.
Hope you don't mind us nerding up your spring breaks with this week's episode of Talking Simpsons. And we really appreciate you for listening to this show. And if you'd like to hear every episode a week early and ad-free, the right place to go to is patreon.com slash talking simpsons. That's the podcast that pays the bills for me and Bob as we do this full-time as our sole job. And your support of just $5 a month not only lets us keep living our lives and doing this, it also lets you listen to every episode a week early and ad-free. That means you can be listening to next week's episode, 22 short films about Springfield right now. You could be hearing our thoughts about steamed hams right now on the Patreon. If you also signed up, you get access to every episode of Talking Futurama, where we go through the entire first season of Futurama in this same style. Talking Critic, where we go through every episode of The Critic in the same style. And our many interviews that we have on there, exclusive, such as chats with Simpsons legend David Silverman, Simpsons legend Mike Scully, Simpsons legend Dan Graney, Simpsons legend Mimi Pond, who wrote the very first episode of The Simpsons that aired the Christmas special. You can find all of that and so much more at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Also, this week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Hulu. If you never have tried out Hulu, the streaming service is pretty great. I use it quite often to watch episodes of stuff for our sister show, What a Cartoon, where we go through a different cartoon each week in the Simpsons style. Cartoons is a diverse as King of the Hill, Cowboy Bebop, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and Bobby's World. You can hear all of those on our What a Cartoon podcast, and you get that a week early and ad free via Patreon as well. If you'd like to watch along with us on Hulu, you can get a free 30-day trial of Hulu by signing up at tiny.cc slash tshulu. That's T as in talking, S as in Simpsons Hulu, tiny.cc slash tshulu. You sign up for a 30-day free trial there, and a little bit of money gets kicked back to your buddies at Talking Simpsons. So be sure to check it out at tiny.cc slash tshulu. The stock market really makes no sense to me ever. And it's, I do th- it's magic. It doesn't yeah. make any. It's still arbitrary. Things don't. It's like there's no meaning tied to it. Buy, buy, sell, buy, buy, sell. But it determines how much money we make for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Donald Trump tweets a number and I'm supposed to know what that number is. It's like the Dow is at 7,000. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. Well, it must good. Be good. If he's tweeting about yeah. it. I, yeah. When I watch things about the stock market and like movies or TV shows, it's the same as when you see like a very tense scene of people playing poker mm. and you're like, you just wrote that that guy would get that hand. Like that's not exciting. Like I, <laughs> again, in solo, they play Sabacc, uh, which uh-huh. is a canon star Wars thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is even less sen- less sensical than uh, a <laughs> poker scene. Cause you made all this shit up. It's just, <laughs> they're just, they'll throw a hand down. Everyone goes, Ooh. And I'm like, Oh, what? what? <laughs> just make up a new rule. At the very, at least in James Bond when they play Bach Rock, you're like, I guess this has to be a rule, right? Yeah.
Oh, except in Casino Royale, where they updated to Texas Hold'em to yeah, remind you right. that movie came out in 2006. And uh, I also think Martin's rise and fall really presages the dot-com bubble. Huh. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then, then there's the scene of Homer and Lisa having fun together, which there's an Apollo 13 reference, at which had only come out nine months before this yeah. episode. So it's, it's a really recent reference for this era of Simpsons. I do really enjoy uh, them getting along. We see that in uh, Lisa the Iconoclast as well. It's nice to see them not at odds with each other, Yeah, Lisa and Homer. Just normally fun. It's it's something I really, uh, it's something I really hate about Kill the Alligator Run, which beyond it having Kid Rock and an ending that makes no sense. It truly doesn't. An alligator just shows up alive when he was dead 10 minutes earlier for no reason. The real thing I hate about it is, is that it recasts Homer as like a frat party dude. It's like, that's not Homer. Homer is not that guy. He does it, have a transformation when he finds out how old he is or was his lifespan or something I like guess, that. Homer's not a dude who like asked to see your boobs. Yeah, it's, it's like, true. I saw uh, so many boobs like Homer doesn't give a shit about it. I hate that there's a cute little running joke where Le- uh, Homer calls Lisa like a guy or a man oh, yeah. <laughs> throughout this season it's like uh, I always stick up for the little guy and you're the littlest guy I know and this one it's like you're a two this is a two man operation I-, I don't know it's just like a weird form of bond he's like I don't see you as a little girl you're my buddy or something like that yeah when I was growing up and getting into the Simpsons and like catching up on the episodes that aired when I was either too young or like not alive I uh, I remember because this is kind of a little bit after this is the era where I was like watching new ones so watching it every week and i didn't really see them as like a family unit in that mm. era of the Simpsons. Like, it, like I, I feel like the show would forget that Homer is their father, and they, they do see them. They do see him as their father and respect him as their father. They just know he's kind of an idiot. Yeah. But like, I don't like when Lisa and Bart don't see Homer as a father figure. I feel like they always should, and I like that mm. Oakley and Weinstein had that in mind more than some of the other showrunners. Yeah, their their relationships are more uh, important. Yeah. Although that Bill Oakley told tells us and everyone else like we want to make it about the family until we run out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about Mo. Let's say Mo. Uh, then we go back to the DMV. Cletus is literally slacked that on his photos taken. <laughs> like, there's no animation to that noise at all. Just yeah. He makes it when they take the, the photo. Real Banjo-Kazooie noise. Just when, <laughs> just when the flash happens, he has to go, like, can't move it. Yeah, it's hard to make a noise without moving your jaw. Like, it's, it's kind of off model, but I do like that drawing of Cletus. <laughs> and that uh, now he can finally drive a car instead of sitting in the dirt at the drive. Sit on the ground at the drive in. He uh, he's a little more like he's got that feminine like I cut myself on the screen door again. I, I like the more effeminate. It's yeah, it's it's funnier for some reason. They mention uh, in the commentary that like he gets less like a yokel later on yeah they're like they're really leaning into it there and later on he's just kind of like a guy he has like three brain cells in this experience uh, <laughs> women are more discriminating taste yeah. That's, uh, we'll hear that in the next episode Ooh. but uh then we get some nice front facing bart as he gets his own fake id 25 years old you're not 25 years old this idea is completely fake yes you're right millhouse it is a fake which makes it a fake id a fake ID! Cool! <laughs> and it's our ticket to the best spring break of our lives! One adult and two children, please. I can think of at least two things wrong with that title. Mm. <laughs> 25. Whoa! Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. S, but you know, I, I gotta check everybody. <laughs> what, are you kidding? I take it as a compliment. <laughs> Three beers, please. <laughs> hey, join the party! Uh, 
that fake idea exchange between Bart and Milhouse really reminds me of a Futurama style joke. Just the the rapid fire back and forth. Now character will just do a complete 180 for no reason. <laughs> uh, I was like, did Ken Keeler or David S. Cohen write that? It really feels like a Futurama joke. It is great that like, Milhouse refutes it. Like, that's not true. You're not. That's like, that is correct. <laughs> it's not true. Like, cool. Yeah, cool. So that's the naked lunch thing. Yeah. It, it's also basically a joke that they've done before, which is uh, Bart and Fink. Fink yeah. Bart and Fink. Mm-hmm. I I would think they would enjoy Bart and Fink more than Naked Lunch, though. Yeah, Bart and Fink's more of a movie than Naked Lunch. Is. Yeah, Have you guys see Naked Lunch? No, it's uh, no. a weird movie. It's about William Burroughs. Wait, who's yeah, it about? It's about Burroughs. Burroughs, not William Burroughs, though. No, William Charles. Burroughs. That's oh. his name. Oh, okay. The, uh, the beat poet oh. slash uh, wife murderer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not really. It was a goof, guys. Yeah, it was just a fun game. <laughs> William Tell. It's a weird. If you like Cronenberg's business, mm. you'll, you'll you'd like it. Well, I yeah, think. that's why. Like, you're not going to be titillated by a Cronenberg film ever, let alone his weird takeoff of a Burroughs novel, which, from what I read, it also just combines a lot of other. Bur- books he did as well into it so it's not even a telling of that specifically and then when i looked at a parental advisory thing for that (laughs) it had some of the weirdest it actually made me want to watch the film more it's just like a giant bug appears and he has a huge penis and then Mm. his penis fucks this guy i was like seen it (laughs) yeah so that's what bart and millhouse and nelson got to enjoy when they saw (laughs) naked lunch which it's another thing that just dates this of just like Bart, the Bart of now can see porn whenever he feels like True. it. True. And no problem. And Naked Lunch, I mean, it's a funny joke, but Naked Lunch came out like five years earlier. So uh, yes. it, it wasn't a re- like a relevant movie in 96, but it was a good joke. Naked Lunch is also a, a key work in American history just for its uh, being attacked by obscenity laws at the time. It was one of the most banned books in America at the time and would lead to important free speech laws, which back when free speech defended, you know, different voices not nazis so much. It, uh, <laughs> things have changed yeah things have changed a bit i also wonder with that scene with them starting with a fake id in front of the quickie mart if there was going to be a scene where they mm. do they try to use it at the quickie mart and apu is there should have been a scene where apu was like i know your children like, yeah they're kind know. of in front of the quickie mart for no reason yeah <laughs> what would you need to fake id? i guess porn cigarettes yeah porn, cigarettes. cigarettes beer yeah they do all those things and i also it is a great scared straight moment of barney like join the party <laughs> <laughs> they've never looked more pathetic yeah it's it's also great that it's framed those three guys and then yeah. back to the kids as three and though anytime you have barney and nelson share a scene you're just like are you his Dad, <laughs> you, you've read so... too many BuzzFeed articles. <laughs> well, hey, okay, let me tell you my theory. Oh no, it has been established that Barney is a big time sperm donor in the city of Springfield. Yeah, that's right. And Nelson's mom, we have seen Nelson's dad before, but who are we to say that Nelson's mom did not get artificially inseminated True. or just sleep with Barney? In the ten years point. of the show, I missed. They probably made a joke about that or, or reference it in some way. I heard that Homer's in a coma and he's imagining <laughs> he all these things. Died at the end of uh, Lisa and the Old Man in the Sea. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, by the way, I saw, uh, for some reason, on the on the plane that I was watching The Simpsons, and I saw they had a second Pin Pals episode. It's bad. Oh, Don't yeah. watch it. It's, it doesn't I watched know, that one, too. It doesn't really know what it's about, and uh, it's not good. And it's, it's not even the original Pin Pals. This last season has, like, eight of those yeah <laughs> they keep just being like remember this episode remember but this if you're episode do a sequel fucking do it like watch the episode i feel 
Yeah, it's instead of the original Pin Pals, it, it was Homer, Moe, Lenny, and Carl. It's like, just watch the episode again. Yeah, yeah. They retconned the end of the uh, Camp Krusty episode. They never went to TJ. We screamed a lot about that previously. I complained yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> Although I did, I think I'm the only person who feels this way, but the uh, the new update of young Homer and Marge, like they're, like where they lived in like a gentrified, the ungentrified downtown area, which was very reminiscent of like our downtown area and other cities like, you know, your Boston and Chicago's and New York's and, and it's very Brooklyn-y. Mm. Uh, I like that episode. I thought that was fun, and I, I thought it was it. warm, and I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it because it implies that like they were born in 1980. <laughs> well, that's just kind of what a floating yeah. timeline. I hate it, too, but it's what the floating timeline true. must do. Fin- I was more fin- annoyed that they had Krusty take off his makeup when this ain't makeup. That episode was awful. Was I watched bad, that one. Yeah. That's the next one. I was like, you know what? All right, <laughs> Simpsons, you won me back a little bit. Let's keep let's keep going. I'll watch the rest of the season. And the next week, I was like, well, fuck this show. <laughs> I did like when Marjorie came mayor, though. That was a fun episode. Yeah. I didn't see that one. I watched that one. I wish Dan Greeny, that episode he pitched of like a making a murderer type show for to do a sequel to Who Shot Mr. Burns. Yeah. That sounded like Whoa, a great that sounds idea. Cool. James L. Brooks shot it down. Yeah, I did like it. <laughs> uh, so hey, he made Spanglish. <laughs> Oof. Despite the fact that I am 35 now, I have never rented a carpet shampoo or I have not taken advantage of this. <laughs> Boy, I think I did once when I was like moving out of an apartment just to I, make it extra clean. I just throw out the carpet. <laughs> I live in places without pre-installed carpet and when it's time to leave, I'm like, that carpet is gone. Set it on fire, throw it out the window. I just ran a black light. For my own reasons. <laughs> <laughs> then they meet up with Martin and they feel they figure out what they're really going to do with their trip. And I just love, I love Milhouse saying like, that's been taken. Yeah. It's like, I'm the nerd here. <laughs> Nerding it up. The only reason they have Martin there is that Martin has the money. Like they are just literally using, stealing his money from him. What was Martin's role in the Shelbyville episode? They all had like different roles and like Todd was the guy who's going to go insane. <laughs> the Christian <laughs> guy who's going to go insane. Man, I forget. I think, I don't think Martin was a assigned a job okay feel, like, but he definitely was the uh the, like, the bosom chum of yeah Nelson. that was that was his job we don't see that that relationship renewed i, I wish they would have uh, dove more into that that is true i but i team discovery channel this discovery episode does there's a lot of characters in this episode and they all get stuff to do and we yeah. learn things about i think every character i feel like i feel like we learn more about marge and her place in the family and we learn more about <laughs> homer via his relationship with lisa and the same with we, her we learn about a lot about nelson's inner life that we didn't know about yeah we learned that like nelson loves show tunes and making georgia <laughs> bam second encore but i also love that uh, millhouse and martin as nerds they do show different sides of being a nerd sometimes nerds are just like dweebs like millhouse who just everybody's like oh come on and then others are effeminate well-meaning children like martin who's just like oh, why trust all of you you're my good buddies <laughs> oh, at least he's drawing attention from my shirt <laughs> uh, yeah i'm not a nerd nerds are smart that that mm. also like very yeah. succinctly that's, puts that together that is perfect that's how i felt as a kid i was like why don't people because i people would just assume i was like I, I think I I think it was them actually reading clues of me being a precocious little child, but I would always mm-hmm. be like, people are putting so much pressure on me to be smarter than I am, when really it was they were trying to help me not fuck up in school, <laughs> but I would always see it as like, no, 
I hate myself. Do you not mm. understand that? I'm <laughs> bad at everything. I was told I was a computer expert. And I was yeah. Like, I'm really not. All the time I would hear that stuff because I owned a computer and like <laughs> played City of Heroes and that made people think that I was like some genius because I knew how to install World of Warcraft. Yeah. I know how to clear ca- a cache of porn. Like I can do that. <laughs> yeah. But Because uh... I put our modem together? You think <laughs> that's why I'm a genius? I don't know how to use uh, it. I also was like Martin a lot as a kid. I've said this many times on the show, but I, I especially identify with him narrating adventures to his toys. Like, yeah. oh boy, Flipsy, like that. <laughs> I definitely did that with my stuff. I was like, oh boy, Garfield, this is going to be a fun vacation. <laughs> He's talking to Garfield again. <laughs> Just uh, leave him. A great sound mixing on the ha ha when Flipsy yeah, is crushed. I, lo- I do love that. Uh, and We World, man, that's a great. I want to imagine We World is like a more Fay Toys R Us. That's what I imagine. <laughs> right next to We Monsieur. <laughs> uh, but Bart has a cunning plan for what they're going to do. I've been selected to represent the school at the National Grammar Rodeo at. The Sheridan Hotel in Canada. <laughs> I've been selected to represent the school at the National Grammar Rodeo at the Sheraton Hotel in Canada. I'm going away for a week. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> the National Grammar Rodeo? I wish I were going. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was going. Is that right, Bart? Mm. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm the best student in school. How come I never heard about this competition? Maybe because you are, as we say in Latin, a Dorcas Malorcus. <laughs> That's not Latin. Mom, Bart's faking it. Oh, honey, you've had your glory. Now it's Bart's turn. Sweet, trusting Marge. I love Dorcas Malorcus. <laughs> I definitely called a relative, a brother, my brother that, or other people, or friends in childhood. I just love it. This is the first that we see of Nelson's shitty home life. Because this is the first time we've seen his house, yeah. Previously, he had a dad. He was yeah. the soccer coach. Uh, played Thanks, by, dad! Played by Phil Hartman. Yes. In the episode when he dates Lisa, you get to see a lot more. I feel like that's the first time yeah. they really, like, you get to see his room and the way he, how he's kind of like a latchkey kid. Yeah, we see, like, just the corner of the outside of his house, which indicates, like, not a great place to be. Yeah, I feel like after they saw this anime, they're like, let's go inside this house. Let's yeah. be, let's see that Nuke the Whales poster. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that episode. Got, got a nuke something. Yeah, something got a nuke something. Yeah, I, I also just love Bart's little finger motions on... Dorcas Malorcus. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, uh, Lisa was like, that's not Latin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and really hitting those T's. They just let, and they just let it go. Like, I, I also love that Milhouse's parents just believe him when he's reading it off of a paper yeah. in front of him. <laughs> and as we'll find out later, Martin is saying this to his family, believing it's true. Yeah, like, that's right. This is like, well, that's obviously what's happening, right? Uh, <laughs> well, they are uh, stealing from him. So that makes sense that they would actually trick him. So when they hit the road, uh, we get an amazing shot, assisted with computers, of uh, the camera like tracking around the car. It's it's very well done. They they didn't computer animate it. They used computers to keep track of the geometry of the car as they moved the quote unquote camera around it. Mm-hmm. So I guess they were like using an Amiga or some early 3D rendering program just to figure out how to move the move the camera around in that space. And it looks really good. Terry Swinton, Scott and David Silverman are talking a lot about how difficult this episode was because a road trip already, they're going to a new place, animating a car, not easy. They're having to draw a lot of new stuff. And then, then they're like, Oh no, we want a filmic major tracking shot that shows 360 (laughs) degrees around the car. Just could you do that? They could on a, on a cheaper show with less time and less money and people who are not as into making great scenes like that. They could have, they could have cheated it. They could have just, 
like a pan, a cut, a pan, a cut, and a pan, yeah. and a cut. But man, it's it, it's always impressive to me seeing this, even now. That's mm-hmm. a common like animation thing that people don't realize is that like budgets are very real in animation. Sending somebody to a new place is just like sending them to a new place on a live action show. You still got to design it all and draw it all. They, that's a they would talk about that a lot in Venture Brothers, where like they don't people think our show is expensive but like notice that they never leave the compound yeah. in this season like notice these things about it then notice these backgrounds that have been the same for three seasons because we have to reuse them because painting is expensive and takes a long time and at this point in time like nine million people were watching the show every week so they had money to spend on yeah. on that on yeah. stuff like this they got butterfinger money yeah well, meanwhile all they keep doing is cutting the budget on the show is a current i i remember hearing on one of the commentaries i i always think back to how the Simpsons used the writers used to view the animators that Al Jean said that their original thing. He was like, "Well, yeah, we write this scene and then the elves do it. Yeah, just make it up, to, wizard. Yeah, just yeah, like wave your arm. That's the same thing every like couple years. Uh, a fucking like medium dot com article or whatever comes out with like a gif of a hundred one Dalmatians next to a gif of Robin Hood next to a gif of Sleeping Beauty. It's like they reused animation. Those lazy pieces of shit. And it's like, no, it's because Disney movies didn't make money until nineteen eighty nine. So for a long time, <laughs> uh, they had a lot of trouble making those movies and their budgets would get slashed because Walt Disney died and nobody was there to, to tell executives to keep that entire wing open yeah. and they shut down their fucking studio. I mean, Baloo was not that popular. They, yeah. they didn't put him in movies because he was popular. They put him in movies because they drew him before. This is when they shut down their beautiful Burbank studio and put him in a fucking airplane hangar that smelled like garbage and Ooh. had no air conditioning. That's what Don Bluth left, man. Yeah. That's what he was fed up with. That's what Brad Bird got fired from because he was like, uh, I thought we were going to make Disney movies here. How come I, you're having me, how come you're telling me to be worse? And that's why he made the Incredibles. Mm. Uh, that's that's beautiful. I love that story. So this was the first time I actually looked up what the name of that song is. I just heard it all the time. It's one of those things you can't not hear on a classic rock station, but I did not know the name of the song was Radar Love. Radar Love. I did not know that the rock band was Dutch and called Gold <laughs> Ear. Oh, I didn't know they were Dutch, but yeah. And that they've had like 30 top hits in the Dutch in, in Europe, not so much in America, but they did have more than one hit. And I have to say, I salute their staying power that they had this song, Radar Love, as a hit overseas in America in 1973. And then nine years later, they have another hit with this song. Mm. Boy, if I had to pick a song to roller skate to, uh, that'd be my top yeah. three. <laughs> I was going to say uh, in a queue at Epcot. Yeah. Makes me feel like. yeah. I just, I forgot that song has Bullet Hit the Bone in it. Also, I had never watched the music video for it until this research, and there's like naked ladies in it that they have to put <laughs> black bars over because wow. this was how it aired in MTV. Like, I guess in the, in Netherlands? the Dutch airing, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> mm, it was after, what, 5.30, so there was, it was yeah. okay. Yeah, these boobs, kids can, they'll be fine. I don't know, I just, I was shocked that they had been relevant for so long. You feel like... I I would have figured they were a 70s one-hit wonder. And I also love the full rotate around the car that you get a shot of each kid, too. Like, they make sure to pause and show you what each of them is doing. Martin is sleeping a lot in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> What's his problem? I don't know. They, He's not used to all this excitement. I guess so, yeah. Uh, also, I just love Bart's non-committal, like, 
He sure did. Like, that's did. one of the my top ten Simpsons lines ever. And that's another, you know, I bring this up a lot in these shows because I was of age at this time, but that's another, like, my friends and I would do something really horrible to each other and then someone would be like, did you see that? Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it works very well in toxic male friend groups of just like, yeah. oh, do you want me to enforce order here? No, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to, you got bullied, and if I try to defend you, I might get bullied too. So instead... He sure did. <laughs> You're bottom rung here, not me. That, that's what you say. That's what you really say. And it's a fun parallel to that dad fucking screaming at his kids. Yes. Uh, that Nelson yeah. smacked the back of his Back head. to Winnipeg. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I want to talk about Lisa for a minute, folks. Okay. Um, on one of my top underrated Lisa lines uh, next to We've Got Beats <laughs> is I'm learning about owls. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know uh, that. She goes to bird camp. We also learned that about yeah. her. Yeah, that clip here. Diablo Canyon 2? Why can't you be more like Diablo Canyon 1? <laughs> uh. Hello? Oh, honey, hello! <laughs> I can't remember the last time you called me from... Oh, you want to speak to Lisa? <laughs> Hi, Lisa. How's your spring break going? I'm learning about owls. <laughs> oh, owls, eh? So you probably wouldn't want to spend another day at work with me. Sure I would. I can always learn about owls this summer at bird camp. So many phone calls Marge gets that aren't for her. She's so lonely. So hurtful. No, <laughs> yeah. I, actually, yeah, I want to hear that line one more time. Not the full thing, just that, like, learning about owls. It is such I'm a learning great about owls. statement. Hi, Lisa. How's your spring break going? I'm learning about owls. <laughs> <laughs> we got beats. <laughs> uh, just uh, uh, yeah. Again, bird camp. There's a weird Lisa bird thing happening in this season too, where uh, in summer four foot two, she's scared by a bird, and she's like, "You don't control the birds. You will someday, but not now." <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's boning up on birds yeah. so much. Oh yeah. Next season, she'll get a German language wheel of bird names. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Wow. She's, See, there's a little bird thing going on with Lisa. I can relate. I try to control the birds. I can control at least one sometimes oh, yeah. you're a bird lover you have a bird i mm-hmm. i really i really love birds i feel like i i think it's it's almost a life hack to just just think pigeons are adorable and they it's are. like seeing dogs all the time yeah. like if you yeah. if you live in a city and you're walking down the street and you're like oh, look at that pigeon he's so fat oh he's so cute i'm gonna say move over cat videos and gifts bird videos and gifts are gonna kick your ass in the next decade oh, I can't that's wait. my prediction they're much better uh birds can do way cooler things than just fall off of refrigerators and couches <laughs> come on uh in diablo canyon there still are two nuclear power plants at diablo canyon they might get shut down in 2025 if PG&E can't renew their license. Apparently that map is incredibly accurate. Yeah, they bought an atlas to make that map. It is shocking they worked so hard for that. Then yeah, poor Marge. She just gets sadder in every scene, and it's a funny joke that no one notices or cares. Not even Lisa, who you think would care, but there's no payoff to it. It's just that that Marge isn't happy. That's like a really dark... I think that's a precursor to like your Ricks and Mortys and such. Mm. Like I feel because that's such a common thing now is like every TV character is sad because that's how you feel smart when you watch TV. Everyone's (laughs) too smart and sad. I I think the pay... We'll get to it at the end, but the payoff for Marge is that she actually believes Bart did something worth being proud of him for. Mm. And so there's like a little smile from her at the end and a little like happy music, like a second of happy music that shows like, oh, Marge got something out of this. She By believing the lie, Marge (laughs) feels better about 
Bart and her Homer family. Homer and Lisa are furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this episode, I've said many times this episode, dispelled uh, myths I had as a child. And another one was, I was sure cruise control was the robot driving your car. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not that you can just take your foot off the gas pedal. It's that a robot controls your car and drives it for you. It is still a lifesaver. I've done like cross-country trips and long road trips. I use it all the time. I, I, I used it rarely, but I'm like, what is this doing for me? I'm just nervous that I won't be able to take control again if I need to, you know? So I just, What if this car has a random stop in front of me and I can't hit turn off cruise control fast enough? Oh, and I, I did want to ask for this episode to go on another tangent. Are you guys fans of road trips? Are you? I'm a big mm-hmm. road tripper. I've been on several recently. We we even did this. We uh, recently twice just rented a car and we're like, let's go north or let's mm. go south. We, we went to see That's the Redwoods nice. and saw a bunch of stuff. Not really. I'm a, I'm a, a killjoy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I only went on road trips because I couldn't afford to fly. If I could have flown, I would have mm-hmm. until, until fairly recently in my adult life. Flying was like, I, can't, I can never afford to fly anywhere. <laughs> I I love driving and mm. I know that's weird especially here in the Bay Area but like I on road trips I do like when we drove across country it was like six days of driving I did like five and a half of those days because I just like I when I was in Los Angeles all week everyone's like how's the traffic I'm like great yeah <laughs> I, I just love I driving around fucking hate driving in Southern California and when you rent a car you get to rent like a nicer car than I'll ever own like I've that, driven so many Priuses and Chevy Volts and things that like I'm never gonna be able to afford myself that part is nice I like nice rental cars I hate driving but I did love the couple of road trips I went on they were they were fun uh, though my experience with the road trip was me and my friend being too cheap to want to rent hotels on our drive. <laughs> oh. So we're like, we can just drive from Florida to California and and just take one night off and just drive the rest of the way. And you make this agreement of uh, you drive in the daytime and you go to sleep at night and I'll drive at night and oh. then you drive in the daytime and I'll go to sleep. But the, at the end of the first fucking day, <laughs> the the guy, when I drove all day, I was like, well, I'm going to try to go to sleep. He's like, no, I'm getting sleepy on the road. I need someone to talk to. I'm like, this wasn't the fucking deal. <laughs> that's some sitcom painting a line down your apartment shit. Like, that's, you're asking for trouble there. Yeah. I know. It was it was one of those things you got to learn at 23 of just like, why, why did I trust my friend? Don't trust anyone. <laughs> Don't trust anyone. Your friends are lying to you. They're just trying to rip you off to use your car. Well, also, that friend ripped me off in that he he was like, oh, you know, my dad works at this car place. Uh, he should probably check your car before we go. And then the guy was like, oh, you shouldn't drive with two of these tires. You need new tires. And I'll take your money. At the time, I trusted him. And I look back and I'm like, that fucker stole money from me. He yeah. made me buy new tires. Like, oh, your Rogue Raider flap is uh, real yeah. worn down. Yeah. Take my word for it. It's the worst I've seen in years. <laughs> that old guy's family. Fuck that, man. But uh, if, you, if you're old friends with me, you know I'm talking about him. Fuck that guy. But uh, <laughs> I... Uh, but I also was like Martin in that I was very trusting of people and if, as a dumb kid. And that's why I got taken advantage of by jerks like this guy. We've arrived in the vast cornfields of Canada. How much farther to the grammar rodeo? Grammar rodeo? We're going to a grammar rodeo? <laughs> We're not going to a grammar rodeo. <laughs> that was just an alibi, Milton. Martin. Fellows? Martin. <laughs> what? what? Where are we going? <laughs> Well, I realize it's trite, but we could tour the bridges of Madison County. <laughs> hey, who has better vacation ideas than AAA? <laughs> According to the publisher of this AAA guidebook, no one. <laughs> I've always wanted to see Macon, Georgia. Wait, how about a fair? Not just a county fair, not just a Europe fair, but a world's fair. The world's fair in Knoxville, Tennessee. Keep reading. The Hungarians have built a giant motorized Rubik's Cube. 
And the fair symbol is the sun sphere, mm. which sits atop a 266-foot tall steel shaft. What's inside? An information desk. Cool. <laughs> so, it's a choice between Disney World and Knoxville. Knoxville, Knoxville, Knoxville. I concur. They're off to Knoxville. Let's talk about World's Fairs for a second here. Oh, yeah. They used to be a huge fucking deal. They would have one every year. They don't do that so much within the past 20 years. In fact, it's, I think it's called the World Expo now, and the last one was in Kazakhstan. Oh. <laughs> yes, uh, but they used to real be... Real cheap real estate there, I bet. Yes, yes. It, like, these are very expensive things. It like bankrupted the city of Knoxville. It, like, it cost oh. them $46 million. They didn't make a profit from this, Ooh. which is why like anytime any city gambles for a big event like the Olympics, it fucks them. Their city is destroyed. They, they owe money to everybody. It's never a good thing that's what akira is about yeah yeah that's true and it's yeah. gonna happen in real life soon yeah it's coming <laughs> soon learn. the 2020 olympics no yeah there's uh a podcast me and bob are fans of called citations needed uh they did a whole two-part episode on the lotteryism and about how sports and events like the world's fair mm -hmm. the whole city's hostage they're just like no we want the olympics here it'd be a big deal for us like would it but it like you're kind of fucked afterwards. You build all these things only for this, like these stadiums only for that. Yeah. But before like the internet and massive globalization, um, <laughs> it, this was a way to be like, I can go to. It's sort of like a, like an Epcot Center thing. I can go see Japanese people do Japanese things That's and German people Disney do German stuff things. Originated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Epcot sort of is a World's Fair in a way, right? That's exactly yeah. what it was. Walt Disney got a lot of his stuff made because he <laughs> sort of tricked the World's Fair into doing it. Like yeah. a lot of the original. Disney rides, you know, including like it's a small world and stuff, were World's Fair call them like dioramas, attractions. attractions. You can yes. watch um, Edison kill an elephant. Yeah, yeah. that was that was uh, surprising to me to find out. I just did my first trip to Disneyland this year and going to the Lincoln Theater, and mostly it's just about how they built that animatronic and how it was for a World's Fair. Yeah, that it was. Mm. They he 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 borrowed all these things. And I think that's also. I wonder if that's an intentional joke that they choose this World's Fair over the Disney World, which would have Epcot, the yeah. thing that killed World's Fairs. They even, like, they, yeah, he got them to build stuff like it's a small world and was like, all right, see ya, and just took it. <laughs> like, he, like the it's a small world you ride in uh, in Disneyland is, like, what people rode then. Wow. I'm sure it's been, I'm sure it's that, like, well, if you replace every part of a boat over 10 years, is it the same boat? Like, I'm sure it's that, that point that they've refurbished enough that it's not, but you are basically sitting in the thing people sat in there. They didn't see Woody and stitch when they went through it but mm. you know as we do now <laughs> but yeah uh they would often show off like inventions at the world's fair i think maybe even like television was shown off in like the 1930 something world's fair Farn as like the farnsworth uh, box something like that uh but uh, yeah so uh, i have a commercial for this Ooh, for this event i wanted to play in full a lot of it is visual i urge you to look it up uh it's on youtube but it's it's great and what i love about ads from this era is that we are not in like the 90s irony zone so it is the most sincere heartfelt like <laughs> ballad about the world's Fair, and I want to go to it now. <laughs> From the red earth of Mexico, it's coming. From China, a piece of the Great War, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. From every corner of the earth, it's coming, and it's coming soon. Oh man, You've got to be there. Point <laughs> in the right direction. Oh. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. 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 I'll be
Sunspheres there, yeah. This commercial awesome. should end with people jumping in the air and it freezing. <laughs> but I, I love the narration, like, it's coming, and you better fucking go there yeah. because you're going to miss all this cool shit. You better be dead or in jail, motherfucker. That also, like, speaking of all that Disney stuff, like, that is the same tone as, like, watching old Disney Park specials, which I watch all the time mm. from the 70s and 80s. I mean, Ooh. that looks like a good time. I want to see history being made in Tennessee. Yeah, I want to see that part of the Great Wall and meet that cop and if meet I, that and astronaut. That Bobby, if, yeah. I, if I lived in, that, in the South, I would... Thing. like oh it's a fun time sure yeah. like let's at least from an american perspective you imagine a world's fair in a major coastal city yeah. likely, or perhaps like chicago or not Detroit. the not the shit on all our knoxville listeners yeah no offense but, to knoxville like, yeah it happened in 1982 and uh it was sort of a failure it, it cost the city again 46 million dollars in the in 1980s and the only damn. two remaining uh things from that world's fair are the sun sphere which was renovated in the uh, in the aughts, and as of 2007, you can now go back up there into the sky deck and everything and see the information booth. And wow, it's not full of wigs. wigs it's, it's not full of wigs, unfortunately. <laughs> but I bet a, a ton of Simpsons fans just go there and annoy the people that work there. If I were on a road trip, I'm stopping in Knoxville yeah. to check out that Sun Sphere. Now that I know it exists, the other thing that exists now is uh, this amphitheater they built for the World's Fair, which is like one of the biggest blanks and blankety blank. It's it's at some record, but <laughs> it's that and the Sun Sphere. But the, the Sun Sphere still exist nelson did not destroy it <laughs> with a stone the the sun sphere cannot compare to osaka's tower of the sun from the 1970 Ooh. world's fair which i only know about it because it is a major plot point in the very great manga 20th century boys. that's right oh yeah. yeah that is a fantastic comic mm. i recommend any anybody read that anything book. from Urasawa. but yes yeah. uh they did their research on this and the sun sphere is real this world's fair is real and it's uh it's relation to a nearby nuclear facility is also real real that's like they did their fucking homework uh, and that's why these shows are so great <laughs> and though when i first watched this i did not know that 1982 world's fair was a real thing i was born in 1982 so i didn't know what it happened and i like to imagine my parents who are watching it that when they hear a millhouse say knoxville world's fair they get a little giggle of like oh come on that was that's not that's 14 years ago <laughs> and meanwhile i'm just going like huh all right they're gonna knoxville have fun that sounds <laughs> fun one i love nelson's he forgot about the grammar rodeo lion tires like grammar rodeo. they say the they say the phrase grammar rodeo a lot in that scene that's why i love it we're not going to a grammar rodeo <laughs> grammar just, rodeo. i assume he never looked at that paper he just said i'm going somewhere and he threw it on the yeah, ground he so didn't throw he the did, paper away he's he like i don't, knew never knew that lie at all i don't need an alibi <laughs> i also love that millhouse is kind of like secretarial with bard of like milton mill martin martin, martin. <laughs> it's so great they, they disrespect him so much they don't even know his name and also that martin even martin knows it's trite to make a bridges of madison county joke but it's still they're still gonna do it. I, I think uh, like being outside of the school has really uh like freed nelson from his identity as a bully he's like he's getting emotional he wants to go see macon georgia for the first time he's sharing his dream yeah it's, it's, i feel like at least once or twice on a trip pre-internet pre-smartphones that i would get a book like a triple a guide to book or just like one of those coupon giant coupon books you'd get at a oh, hotel right. lobby and just like pour over like ooh did you see this did you see this like, I would that, do that, that too 
like I didn't travel a lot as a kid and that's why I do it I kind of do it as much as I can now because I didn't and that's why I love like I love tourist traps I love seeing I love chain restaurants that I don't have because I want to see all that stuff I didn't get to experience as a mm-hmm. poor dumb child who had it was unworldly as you can possibly be I am like Homer I want to have a hoagie a hero a 10 foot sub a hero all the different a grinder yeah a grinder I went to Del Taco for the first time when I was in LA last week and yeah. you know it's pretty good are you on Waigi's side no. The, no he's okay. insane did, did they give you french fries with your tacos there that's fucked up I ordered Del them taco? yeah I ordered them that so doesn't, I got doesn't them. make any sense to I me. also got a California burrito with fries in it I don't get that either let's get to the podcast Doughboys we <laughs> we're talking about here yeah. he's insane to think it's better than Taco Bell but it's very good <laughs> just them not going to Disney World is a great little joke too mm-hmm. one there many like hates on Disney which I don't know soon enough well actually we may never see the Simpsons at Disney World if they signed a long enough deal with Universal but uh, I doubt that yeah but, I don't think in, we're in gonna, my lifetime, I will see the Simpsons at a Disney park. Yeah, we're going to have that. I don't know. I think we're going to have that dumb, boring ride forever. <laughs> uh, it's not so bad. It's the it's the worst part of going to Springfield at Universal, though. Yeah, You can hear our definitive take on that after we go to L.A. Yeah, Bob we'll do a whole podcast about it. soon. Going to mm-hmm. go to L.A. Going to see lots of cool people. We cannot wait. I did not go to Universal Studios on my L.A. trip, but I did go to Universal City Walk because I'm uh, a boring <laughs> idiot. Did you run into, uh, what's his name, uh, Fred Stoller? No. Is, is he uh, apparently he's always there. Oh, my God. I would love to <laughs> run into Fred I just wanted to get Stoller. a coffee. <laughs> Ever go to Bubblegum Shrimp? It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but okay so then lisa goes back to where homer to homer's jet work and i love her thing of like security guards like <laughs> there really should be somebody nuclear plant i bet the patriot actually turned that around for them <laughs> uh, we're putting all these sanctions on iran but not on the springfield what the fuck man I, uh, and then there's just such a cute scene with homer lisa and candy it's just like this is just Pure adorable. The way I figure it, if the candy stays in the machine for more than a year, it's up for grab. <laughs> Why do you need me? Well, it's a two-man operation, and you're the only man here I trust. Mm. Ready? Ready. <laughs> Simpson, what in God's name are you? Zagnut Bar, Mr. Smithers, Razzle, Skittles, whatchamacallit, Twizzlers? They all have hilarious names and are delicious. <laughs> well, I am partial to Dolly Ranchers. <laughs> <laughs> And work, Simpson. Simpsons. Boy, Lisa, with you here, this hardly seems like work at all. I don't know how I'm going to make it through my night shift without you. We could have a slumber party. Oh, that'd be great. Sleeping bags on the floor, a roaring fire. It'll be just like the time they kicked me out of the sporting goods store. <laughs> I, I do have to question Smithers, just like his teeth must be made of diamonds to immediately start chewing on Jolly Rancher. <laughs> Jolly Ranchers are good. I feel like they were much bigger in the 90s. They're good, but once you get to a certain point with a Jolly Rancher, it's like a dangerous piece of shrapnel in your mouth. <laughs> it's just so like gla- like chewing on glass. It's ho- it's horrible. I'm a big fan of the Whatchamacallit, which mm. got a... Are those still around? Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe, is this the only pop culture shout out to the Whatchamacallit? Like, I'm sure it's been Whatcha referenced on a TV show, but that's, I feel like as growing up no one ever talked about or cared about it but me it uh, i remember the ads for it they had like pop art roy lickstein yeah. li- rip off kind of stuff oh, i don't it's think a great I, ad. I don't think i was old enough to see those I, uh, well i hate you <laughs> <laughs> i i don't really eat candy bars anymore but i'm kind of a take five man yeah mm. more of a take it's got five, all the yeah. shit in there i enjoy the take it's got the salty it's got the sweet mm-hmm. it's got everything uh, caramel is a key component to me for a candy bar yeah. a good candy bar uh that's why like when i'd have a three musketeers i'm like this is one part of a good <laughs> we filled bar. your your bar with foam enjoy <laughs> i guess it was sound as like the the less calorie option but 
I mean, look, if you're eating candy, yeah, fucking candy bar. go for it. Yeah. Man. Like, come on. You fat piece of you're shit. You're not fooling anybody. Uh, <laughs> I, I ate so many fun-sized Three Musketeers at jobs I wasn't happy about because they at least had a candy bowl. And mm. instead of taking a smoke break to walk around, I was like, well, I could walk to the candy bowl. And I'll back. kill myself in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw it on the ground. Here you go, you losers. <laughs> at least my lungs will be okay. There's your 401k. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Lisa and Homer woohoo together. It's just so cute. And yeah. And also, I love Smithers correcting himself to Simpsons. <laughs> even though he really should know they're stealing. Like, they... they he sees them in front of that machine with all the candy. They're like, they know. They bribed him. He's just so partial to Jolly Ranchers, which is a gay joke, right? <laughs> it's been read as a gay joke. I, I guess a rancher is a man. A and, rancher is a male job, and yeah. he would want a jolly one. Yeah, I, it's a put in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a lame candy to like, and he's a lame dude. Yeah, and I mean, what? Okay, let's punch up this joke. What's a gayer candy for him to like? Uh, <laughs> Zagnut. <laughs> I don't know, but you don't get pixie sticks in a machine. That'd be dangerous. They'd just be spraying everywhere. I feel like a couple years later, they'd throw some sort of diss on the Butterfinger brand in Mm. there. Yeah, Yeah, they would. The classic, even the fire doesn't want it, is a great late (laughs) Simpsons joke. And by late, I mean season 14. That was 16 years ago. That was a Butterfinger BBs diss, wasn't it? Uh, That's like an extra deep. It was when they banned sugar in the city, and so they're throwing candy in there, including just a regular... Like photo referenced Butterfinger bar okay. into fire, and then the bar jumps out, and then Wiggum picks it up, like and just holds it to camera like it's a commercial. It's <laughs> like even the fire doesn't. We'll, want s- it. we'll see you in three years for sweets and sour marge. <laughs> maybe it's like maybe it was like behind the laughter or something. There's some episode where they're like, we can't get rid of these, and they have like a million Butterfinger babies. Uh, okay, <laughs> that was a problem in their office. I think they all gained like forty pounds just eating <laughs> Butterfinger babies. And Conan was a Butterfinger BB salesman. That's right. I've that story yeah. so many yeah. goddamn times. Uh, and when he threw, what did he throw at the ceiling of a pizza? Pizza. They we, say it's a caramel. We talked yeah. to Bill Oakley about the caramel, and he's like, the rumors of that have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a pro-caramel ceiling guy. Yeah. He, I think he... I wonder if... I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I look at it as like that is a jocular Freddy type thing that I I would think that Bill Oakley was trying to do less of in his time running Yeah, the and when they started, they were writing in David Merkin's office. They weren't yeah. writing in that stinky writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to de-louse the writer's room yeah. to go write in it again. <laughs> So I think the next line here, we've talked about it before. I I think it's line of the show, the uh, the back to Winnipeg bits. I love it. Yeah. In fact, that's a that's a line I want to say out loud, but no one will get when I have to like turn around for something or like <laughs> if I forget something. Back to Winnipeg. There's some fantastic Dan yelling in this. Oh yeah. That's the joke. You kids can't keep your heads to yourself. I'm going to turn this car around and there'll be no Cape Canaveral for anybody. <laughs> That's it. Back to Winnipeg. Bart, can we stop for ice cream? Yes. Bart, can we weigh the car at that weigh station? <laughs> yeah. Bart, can we pick up that hitchhiker? I don't see why not. Bart, can we stop for ice cream? <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't think I was rehabilitated, but uh, I guess I needed the extra bed. 
<laughs> great drawing and great reading from Hank on that. But uh, by the way, uh, from driving from Winnipeg to Cape Canaveral is a 30-hour drive. Wow. <laughs> no wonder that dad was so pissed off. Yeah, he's. Uh, I. it makes it even better to imagine they're Canadian. I don't know why. Yeah. But if he had said, like, back to Maine or whatever, or back to Kennebunkport, I don't know, a funny name for a Winnipeg Maine. is funny. Yeah. I would have assumed it was more to the north, but it's kind of like close to the U.S. border. I, I would assume they would have chosen even even further town, but it's still fun. It's still a thirty-hour drive to the to America's Wang. It's a fun <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, Winnipeg. they're almost there too. Winnipeg, and you can hear like that's the thing that comes up on the show a lot. Like the you can hear the shape of the recording room. Yeah, and then it drops out totally. So I feel like it might be two takes put together, or he just realized, oh, I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm that, screaming that could, too that much. could have been it. But I think because it comes back. At oh the yeah, end of you're the line right. Read. It, it's not as it's not as troubling as some of the ones where it's like, well, this part of the sentence was like in a different room over the phone. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think in this episode, it implies that they are uh, the Simpsons live in the western part of America because they hit Branson, Missouri, on their way to not Tennessee. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if anyone's put together theories. There is no consistent theory, but no. they're clearly driving eastward. Yeah. Yeah. I. I also just love that Cape Canaveral, why does this Canadian dad love Cape Canaveral so much? What's his story out of all places to go? That was before Obama defunded NASA. Ah, I see. We forget about some stuff he did. Uh, We need that money for a bomb. Hey, comments. (laughs) One Uh, bomb. One bomb. Couldn't have it in NASA. And a plane that can't fly. Uh, also, this this gave me many road trip dreams I have not fulfilled. Not picking up a hitchhiker, I would not do that. But uh, no offense, hitchhikers out there, I'm sure you're <laughs> nice. Movies have made you look. Texas Chainsaw Massacre has defamed hitchhiking so much in this country, and the hitcher and uh, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Great yeah, show too. No, I listen this whenever I talk about hitchhikers. It reminds me of I listened to one of those liberal uh, NPR interviews with this guy who like wrote a book on like my life as a hitchhiker and what a fun time it's been. Boy, <laughs> I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts. You know what really stopped hitchhiking? Mm-hmm. Serial killers. Yeah, uh, like yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer's first kill was a hitchhiker. You uh, learned about it's like wow, it's just so easy to kill people in the seventies. They're just standing right there and they get in your car. No one knows where they are. Nobody knows who they are. Yeah, it's, it's just nothing. It's yeah. mostly sex workers and hitchhikers, mm-hmm. and there's sometimes they can be both. And this guy, well, the guy talked about how he hitchhiked and it was fine and everything was fine. And then this dude calls in to be like, oh, yeah, I pick up hitchhikers all the time because I am a minister and I uh, talk about Jesus to them for eight Mm. hours. It's like, oh, God. No, thanks. Throw me out of this car. I'll walk. (laughs) I think every time I drive by a way station, I want to drive my little like my Honda Civic onto it and see what they do or see if they I wonder. I don't know. I don't know if it costs money or not, but I uh, also drove cross country in a Honda Civic as well. I wondered how much. What does it They're good cars. They hold they hold up for a long time. I don't want to do an advertisement for Honda, but if I ever buy another car, it will be on. Yeah. But uh, speaking of true crime podcasts and road trips on my again on my L.A. trip where I was driving a lot. I was listening to uh, the Manson series of You Must Remember This and also the series. It's a great series. Yeah, and also the one they did on uh, on uh, Last Podcast on the Left. And man, that that makes an L.A. trip exciting to be <laughs> like, I'm driving past the thing right now where they killed somebody. All the famous murder. Uh, all uh, the death. We do get a brief scene again that just is uh, hammering home how Marge is being neglected where <laughs> does Marge get a phone call from Homer and it's uh, to, to get Lisa to the uh, plant. We just heard that clip, right? Yeah, no, that okay. was before. This is her just alone. Yeah. Yeah. And we see her bother Maggie. I just that, that's actually later. My note okay. is Lisa runs out on Marge again, and that's oh, yeah, just a, the, like no, a Lisa's fifteen packing. second scene. Yeah, yeah. And the way Lisa slams the door on her after packing, she's like, "Bye, <laughs> mom." It's like, 
Ouch! Just ouch. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I guess we're in Branson, Missouri now. Yes, uh, and there's a sign for Lonely Lumpkin in the background. Yes, too. and Pip Diddler, who was the guy from Yahoo, the Hee Haw parody. So <laughs> digging deep, you can barely see the signs, but I have all the signs here. Uh, Waylon Jennings and Madam, that's a uh, take on Waylon Flowers <laughs> and his horny old lady puppet. Madam and Waylon Smithers is named after Waylon Flowers, so there you go. Uh, up with white people, uh, <laughs> really, really bad joke, which I just noticed upon this viewing. Mini Pearl Jam, as in Mini Pearl, oh, the oh, character from the oh, Grand Ole Opry. I, I stunned Henry's parents by telling them I knew who Mini Pearl was. Yes, that, <laughs> um, my it's not my fault. I'm broken. Uh, Phantom of the Opry, uh, Furl Dixon and the Second Helping Boys, which I think that came up in our interview with Mike Scully. Did yeah. he write that joke? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. Or no, that was Grainy. Grainy. Oh, Grainy. Okay. And then uh, again, Lurley Lumpkin and Pip Diddler. They broke off, and I'm glad she's doing well. And uh, Alabama Mania. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that one. Yeah. Alabama Mania. Uh, Alabama Mania. <laughs> it's not. Uh, that would make more sense. I, when I was typing it out, I was like, it's, it's Alabama Mania. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, friend of the show. Brett Elston, he grew up in that area. This is in Missouri, in the Ozarks, Missouri. But if you're in like rural Illinois, it's a close enough place to visit. And it is, it is a fancy, family-friendly place where you get the glitz, <laughs> but uh, but none of the swears. I've always wanted to go. I, I want to make a trip out there. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just because I love tourist traps. I I, mean, yeah, it seems like a fun tourist trap so long as you are not different in any way from <laughs> normal. I think oh, that I, I'll do fine. They kicked me out for my hair cut i think but yeah they uh, call you the uh, a lot of words deviance. yeah but i think the clock is really running out on branson the, like the people oh, are yeah. that are attracted to branson and yakov Smirnov and uh you know the the tv stars of the 70s and stuff they're all dying they're they're dead they're yeah dying my grandma dead. was a branson fan she went several times towards the end of her life and she loved it uh one time she brought back a t-shirt uh, where she didn't understand the meaning of it. She thought she had a different interpretation. And the text on the t-shirt was, why drink and drive when you can smoke and fly? <laughs> <laughs> and as a smoker, she was like, yes, I approve of this shirt. She didn't smoke weed, though. She smoked cigarettes. <laughs> so we all had a good laugh at that. And she uh, took it in, in, in good humor. Right, My I'll grandma go, was cool. I'll just go to Dollywood then. Yep. I'd go to Dollywood. Dolly Parton is at least a friend of the gays, despite being a yeah. uh, a big time Christian. She is. I I am pro Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Me too. And there's a better uh, take on Branson in the episode, I believe, the old man in the key. Yes. Where yeah. uh, they do an entire song, and uh, I think Ray J Johnson is even there. Bill Saluga from Youngstown, like me. Yeah. Great <laughs> people came from there. The guy Krusty the Clown said was funny for three seconds. Yeah. They then got him back. On he the show. he makes he made a living off of the Ray J Johnson bit and. Yeah. Uh, the greatest line from the song about Branson is, what if they took Nick and Knight and made it a town? <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Also, on their way to that, they stop in Bronson, Missouri, full of all Bronson yeah. Yeah. people. That's One a great my, joke. My favorite jokes in Simpsons. I still say, hey, Ma, how about some cookies? Like, all the time. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> the real <laughs> king of Branson, Ola. Missouri is Look Magazine's favorite, yeah. Andy Williams. Andy Williams! <laughs> uh, we don't need to stop here. Yes, we do! I didn't think he was going to do Moon River, but then BAM! Second encore! So the whole Look Magazine thing saying, wow, he still got it. Look ended in 1972. So that's a very old quote. <laughs> I and love that line. Now that I know more about uh, Andy Williams, I do think it's funny that Nelson didn't think he was going to do Moon River. And the yes. fact that 
it's the it was the second they're they're beyond the second encore mm-hmm. they're about to hit the third encore probably and everyone is so bored but I just was like I didn't think he'd do it but then bam I I love that too. I didn't know the name of the theater is the Moon River Theater. Yes, like, that's right. <laughs> so if you're seeing Andy Williams, you buy tickets to him and it's in the Moon River Theater and he makes you wait to the second encore to hear Moon River. Like, that's cruel. It really is. <laughs> some of his audience is going to die while they're waiting to hear that. <laughs> and he is dead now, by the way. He died in 2012. Yes. Uh, and uh, he was not a fan of Obama's Marxist uh, mm. theology trying to cause America to fail, as he put it. Damn cultural. <laughs> Marxism. Look, he was an 80-year-old man. I would have expected nothing less from him to say that, but he's a, he was a good singer. I will still listen to his Christmas music at Christmas time because it's yeah. just like it's the most wonderful. It's just so aggressive. <laughs> yeah. like Get happy, damn it. <laughs> and uh, Moon River made famous and won an Oscar for Henry Mancini in 1962 and for it is, Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's like the theme song of Bayonetta 2. That is the weirdest fucking thing. I mean, the first one had Fly Me to the Moon, right? <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is like, you can't do that. Ava did that. It's their song. Yeah. Yes. You can't take it back. But <laughs> Moon River is better, but it's still inexplicable in the, the sexy uh, hair lady game. Well, so <laughs> Bayonetta is a witch, and she's powered by the moon. True. So he wants a popular, the creator of the game, the video game Bayonetta, which fucking rules. Uh, but they want a song, a famous song that is moon themed. So then they do the craziest thing is in both one and two, they pick one song that's moon themed and then do a anime J poppy remix of it, which they do for moon river, <laughs> which is great. But then over the credits, in both, they played the mastered version of the original. Like, they sprung for it. So over the credits of Bayonetta 2, they played this, the clip they had on The Simpsons, they played that version, the famous version, as Bayonetta pole dances over yeah, the credits. Yeah, you're right. Boy, someone needs to make a Simpsons shit post of Nelson going, Andy Williams, yeah. while playing Bayonetta 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, his his version is the most famous one. Moon River is a beautiful one. Though, I do want to treat people. If you never, you shouldn't watch the Tiffany's because it is aged terribly. But Audrey Hepburn's singing of Moon River is quite beautiful. Style someday. I just I, I feel like uh, I, I do uh, Audrey Hepburn obviously very talented I've, I've kind of grown annoyed with her sainthood and how she is every guy's <laughs> manic pixie dream girl or whatever but Paul she Tompkins had this hilarious tweet that made me it was just like a gut punch it was like it was him retweeting it's like Audrey Hepburn with a, in, in her pet deer 1956 and his, his comment is like she must have been intolerable <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, I would guess. I yeah. saw so many, point. so many art school dorm rooms had posters of her in them. Every yeah. person I knew. I mean, she was a beautiful, glamorous woman, and all that. Like, and and also she, she kind of retired early from acting, and also died relatively early. So she got sainted as a cultural icon in ways that say, you know, uh, others of her generation like Doris Day didn't mm. on that same level. I would say I, you know, you're better off not watching Breakfast at Tiffany's. You're fine. Yeah, it's rough now. Skip it. She did yeah. give uh, give way to two of my favorite animated series jokes, which is uh, on Archer when he's pulling that boat, 
and he's like, when Andre, and then they, then uh, Lana stares at him, and he goes, whichever, Hepburn, and keeps pulling the boat. <laughs> and then uh, on Clerks, when they're driving past her, I think it's her, it could have been the other Hepburn, and, and he just yells, screw you, Miss Hepburn, and throws a soda at her. <laughs> I think it was the old Hepburn. Was it? Yeah. Catherine. Catherine. Yep. The old poo. Uh, he, I also just, I do love Nelson's earnest love of it. He's in tears at hearing Moon River live. Yeah, his hands are like clasped together. <laughs> I, I like it's great when they explore that side of Nelson. Yeah, he's the that's the kid who loves huckleberries. That's the that's the <laughs> Nelson we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Confectioner sugar. <laughs> uh, so then we get a a fun return of the prank call, which the they only work when you got you got it can't just be Bart calling Mo anymore. Yeah, I mean they. They ended that in season four, so I, I like how they find new ways to do it. We saw it in Homer the Smithers, and now we're seeing it with uh, with Homer in this one. Hello. I'd like <laughs> to speak with a Mr. Snotball. First name, Yura. Yura Snotball? What? How dare you? If I find out who this is, I'll staple a flag to your butt and mail you to Iran. <laughs> okay, your turn. Mm, truth. Uh, do you have a crush on anyone? Dad... I, I won't tell anybody. Dad, you tell everybody everything. Even Mo knew when I threw up on the dentist. <laughs> Mo thinks he knows a lot more than Mo knows. <laughs> well, just give me another chance, and I'll prove I can keep your secret. Okay. I like Langdon Auger. I have no idea who that is. Nobody does. <laughs> He's very quiet and enjoys puzzles. But that still doesn't mean you can tell anyone. I've already forgotten his name. Mm-hmm. It was Larson something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Oh, this has been the best spring break ever. Aw, Langdon Alger. I like that name. There's a lot behind that name. There is. It's actually a friend of Rich Appel, the writer of this episode, uh, of from elementary school. And Langdon Alger saw this episode, <laughs> yeah. and he called the show. And uh, uh, Rich Appel talks, talks about it on the commentary. He's like, Bill Oakley played a voicemail for him over the phone. He's like, hi, this is Langdon Alger. Apparently, I was on The Simpsons last night. <laughs> and I guess he had a, a nice a nice call uh, with Langdon, and he was, he was okay with it. But yes. I like to think I am some lucky lady's Langdon Alger. I'm very quiet, and I enjoy puzzles. Uh, I he, I mean, that guy on the voicemail sounds like he's quiet and enjoyable. Yeah, so. he did an impression of Langdon Alger. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see another pool from a real-life person's name with Armin Tamzarian uh, pretty oh, soon. Wow. Mm. But that, that Langdon Alger thing, it does remind you of... It's, it's just cute of how when you were a kid, you would have a crush for like a week and then you'd forget like, oh, uh, who, him? Nah, I don't care. Yeah, that's true. It's very, uh, very fleeting. No, I thought Homer's fishing was wondering if she had a crush on like a famous person. Mm. <laughs> Oh, like Elijah I, Wood. I believe Langdon Alger shows up in a comic book or something. I, I think I he eventually. I think he eventually gets a, a semi-canon design. And well, we'll I hope see him. the real life Langdon Alger gets some money from that, some kickbacks. <laughs> no way. Just like the real life Steve Urkel's life was ruined. Oh, that poor. The it's poor like, uh, my friend's good name Steve Urkel. I'll just write him in this one this one time character. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> His life is over. Larson something is such a great Homer misremembering something and the line. I love the line, Mo thinks he knows a lot more than Mo knows. Very sinister. Homer, yeah, what's Homer's going got on some there? plans for old Mo. <laughs> he's going to fix him good. Or he's just like bitter 
sure about something like Mo, maybe like Mo's too high and mighty sometimes. <laughs> Homer Mo, doesn't like Mo is will later point shotguns in Homer's face and not even. I care. rob now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we get a scene now. This is the scene where Marge is oh, yeah. at her most lonely. No one is there, and it's very sad that she has to just wake up Maggie to mother someone. She has to create a problem. I'm glad it doesn't go beyond this. This mm-hmm. is like uh, we're getting into Munchausen by proxy syndrome or something. It's, it is a bit. I do love the line of "Why waste your hypnotic powers on neighbors." and co-workers yes That's, corner the real estate market through hypnosis <laughs> but yeah i it's a little too real of the scene but i, I like that it adds that to it to marge it kind of reminds me of um scenes from the class struggle of springfield it's marge seeing how unhappy she is with her regular day-to-day life at times and how it comes through and she's like at first she's like well i'll just cough to wake up maggie That's not bad. Yeah. And she's like nope i have to shake her no like it pokes her hard never shake a maggie there's a sound with that the sound she makes like like a poke uh, wakes her up i'm like damn okay so langdon alger does appear in a comic book he asked lisa out to make Janie jealous oh and ends up getting what this article says punch dumped on his head i don't know what that means getting uh like the drink yeah Yeah. oh getting punch i was thinking of punch dumped as like a word that's when you shit on your hand and then punch someone with it (laughs) and uh good uh, that's a good made-up term also in in the game shin megami tensei strange journey uh which is a game of which i'm a fan uh some of the official screenshots in the manual that came with it use the name langdon alger uh and lance murdoch uh and many other characters from the simpsons as the protagonist's ah. name hmm. they just recently uh, remade that game yeah, yeah you, can, you can keep it you can keep it <laughs> yeah. oh, it's too on. fucking hard yeah, it, is. it is it's it, hard and the dungeon design is kind of rough but yeah. it, the story is really cool i mean it's the story of the movie annihilation mm. too <laughs> i'll play a train odyssey thank you <laughs> uh well i mean bob you were in the localization field that's true and i did Atlas. put i did put simpsons references in my uh games that no one played uh <laughs> so if you like free mmos from a decade ago check them out pandora saga <laughs> you'll find references to the simpsons and the grandma's virginity podcast in both in, in that game are nice. people pigs in that game P- pigs are people <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> pigs are people uh, so uh, then, meanwhile, the kids arrive in Knoxville. It's very well observed about of what an abandoned theme park looks like, which I, or just an, an abandoned, formerly big structure. It's it's just very beautiful. And the Wadfur, I just <laughs> the Wadfur. Is this the World's Fair Visitor Center? Used to be back in 1982. <laughs> You're 14 years too late. But there's another World's Fair coming soon, <laughs> right? Before Friday? What about the Sun Sphere? <laughs> you mean the Wig Sphere. You're welcome to go up there if you want to see 16,000 boxes of unsold wigs. Now, you gentlemen going to buy some wigs, or ain't you? Well, I guess fate was against us. <laughs> it's really nobody's fault, right? <laughs> right? Well, we've still got a car and a wad of cash. Uh, no, we don't. I must have spent our last $10 on this Al Gore dog. <laughs> you are hearing me talk. <laughs> I hate this place. <laughs> wow. We've got no car. We've got no money. And no one knows we're here. We're, we're stranded. stranded. <laughs> but on the plus side, I knocked over the sun sphere. So each each act ends with Nelson destroying something so far. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so Al Gore is from Tennessee. Oh. 
Oh. By the way, and also this is like more wig-based humor from The Simpsons. Free wig with purchase of large wig, <laughs> and a soiled wig. Soiled wig. And yeah. Bart wearing the wig and dancing in the yeah. living room, and Homer being upset. Wigs are funny. Uh, wig is a funny word, and then just the idea of like fake hair that you'd put on a man, especially the boys. The smash cut of like you know buy wigs or ain't you, and then them all wearing wigs is pretty. They great. somehow had enough money for wigs. I don't think those wigs were moving very fast. So <laughs> wig technology has come a long way recently. I, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but in between both Guardians of the Galaxy movies, there was like huge wig technology jumps, which, <laughs> which uh, allowed them to not shave Karen Gillan's head. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Nice. Yeah. That reminds me of how in the first the first X-Men movie, they insisted for Rebecca Romaine, they're like, no, you gotta wear these contacts. They, it's just not gonna look good, like, digitally effects-wise. And uh, she's like, they were killing her eyes, but she did it. Then they had to, like, reshoot one scene, and then they just color-corrected her eyes and, like, Oh, that was really easy. <laughs> but they couldn't get rid of a fucking mustache for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that gets into uncanny valley territory. True, true. Coloring eyes. People are used to like, well, I can be a different color, but I take great pride, uh, as Matt Corley says, in, in my wig dar. I like <laughs> when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, that's a wig, that's a wig, that's not a wig, that's a wig. In this scene it's a wig, in that scene it's not a wig. They did reshoots. I don't have great wig dar unless it is the most obscenely obvious wig of all time, like in the Kate Mara fantastic for yeah. wig like that was an insane wig I still never sat through that movie and I don't think I ever will uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> if they ever release like I want a giant oral history expose on that like I will pay I'll give $20 to a kickstarter on that that tells the truth of what happened on that movie <laughs> I will never watch it again and I only watched it for podcast content that's the <laughs> only reason but the worst reason to do <laughs> anything yeah it's, that's why I live my life right now <laughs> One, I live my life one podcast at a time. Hell yeah, baby. I can't pod 55. <laughs> I'm staying up. out of this. Uh, but Al Gore, I do love that Al Gore impression. Of you are Al hearing Gore. me. T- Sorry. South Park just ripped him off. Man. Yeah. yeah. Off. Al Gore, who was a frequent guest on this show in Futurama. What a dumbass for believing in global warming. Am I right? Man, yeah, those like South Park guys really pig. got it figured out. Man bear pig. Am I right? Yeah. He made a whole documentary about this. Yeah. Why are you wasting your time? Like, I think, I feel like time has shown who is correct on the global warming thing. (laughs) That's true. He did that. He made his first documentary too early because not enough people believed in uh, climate change or global warming. And then the second one he made was like the Paris Accords are going to be a big deal. And then it came out right before fucking we all decided global warming wasn't real. (laughs) Like before all our world governments decided it wasn't real at once. At least he broke up with Tipper. What a (laughs) buzzkill. So now they're fucked. They They got no money. No way to get home. And uh, I love they go to the pawn shop, which is Hawksville. Hawksville, I love it. And I also, watching the scene, uh, it made me thankful that as a young child with thick glasses, (laughs) I grew up with childhood peers who did not, they drank Coke out of cans. There were no Coke bottles, so I did not have to hear Coke bottle glasses things. That's true. You talk about wig technology, glasses technology has improved so much that like, I have very bad eyesight, guys. And before uh, glasses compression really improved when i was like 10 i had very thick glasses which the thicker the glasses the more obvious a target you are to be uh, bullied so i was at least happy to never been told about coke bottle glasses i but, do like the the verb uh rebottom <laughs> rebottom yeah, yeah he's a bad antique antiquesman because you're not supposed to refurbish certain things yeah also don't stack your precious glass bottles <laughs> out in the open they set that up so hard you're just yeah. like all right when they're gonna break 
like come on <laughs> like but uh but yes this it is a pretty funny scene though mm-hmm. well of course i'll accept bart i've missed you so much I want to speak to Lisa. <laughs> so how's the National Grammar Rodeo, Bart? Lisa, I really need your help, so I'm going to let you in on a secret. There's no such thing. I knew it. I knew it, because why would they have our National Grammar Rodeo in another nation? Oh, Bart, you're going to be in so much trouble. When... I'm in trouble already. Here's what happened. So you've got to think of a way I can come home for free. Hmm. You could travel for free if you were a stewardess. Well, how badly do you want to get home? <laughs> all right, all right. How about a courier? They travel for free, too. No, that's a terrier. They're dogs. <laughs> I don't know what Bart thought Lisa was implying. <laughs> yeah, like, you want me to become a dog? Like, it's better than a stewardess, I guess. But I also love the, right before the scene, I forgot, the little oh, F yeah. of them throwing their luggage onto the train and immediately pulling away. <laughs> like a very a very cute little joke of Nelson still running. He runs longer than the rest of them before turning around. He still thinks he can make it. He's like, I know I can make it. Like, <laughs> they just lose everything over and over. It's such a great, such a great F you. And and I, I also love that the way Lisa listened to her story, she has to point out, that like, of course, it's like, this doesn't matter right now, Lisa. Lisa's so proud of herself for seeing through Bart's obvious lie. Like, <laughs> I knew it. It's like everybody knew it. Marge just wanted to believe him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this made me want to get a career job briefly as a kid, though. Now I see this is, like, no fun at all. And it's all just spent sitting on planes getting blood clots. <laughs> Deadly blood Bart's clots. in so much danger. <laughs> You're like George Clooney. <laughs> Well, you sure don't look 25, but your unlaminated out-of-state driver's license is proof enough for me. <laughs> Here's your first assignment. What the? Can I have call our parents? Yeah, Bart. Lisa. This isn't working. I've got to courier something to Springfield, and it's got to be big enough to fit Millhouse, Martin, and Nelson inside. Bart, that'll cost a fortune. Simpson, how'd you like to escort 500 <laughs> Big Macs to Marlon Brando's Island? <laughs> oh, I can't take much more of this. I'm counting on you, Lise. There, there have been some bad Marlon Brando fat jokes, but I like that one because yeah. uh, he does have a he did have a private island he lived on. Yeah, it, it, though it reminds me of the critic having a Marlon Brando fat island joke. They yeah, have like eight of those on the critic. Well, if you're like a big fat maniac across his own island, they <laughs> there are good jokes that come out of that. I miss when private island ownership was to eccentric actors, not like the sex guy, criminals. Yeah, not, well, <laughs> I was gonna say like the Elon Musks of the world. Oh yeah, just yeah like fuck that, that boring guy. rich. He guys. can stay in space. Oh, I'm glad we all know what a dork he is now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am so mad. But he's got a all, cool girlfriend. All the people who defended him when I would make fun of Elon Musk are like, he's actually trying to do something. He's a good rich guy. It's like, fuck you. Nice. Yeah. He shot a car in space. I Money was, poisons everyone. Flint doesn't have That's, water. I was at a party recently and someone was really talking up Elon Musk and I was just like, I'm going to just sever my tongue. I can't, I can't be this person at this party. I can't be the buzzkill. So I wasn't. I just felt bad about myself. But he's got to know that Big Macs don't keep. We all no, know no, that, no. right? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what about all the preservatives? I guess, but that sauce is on there. I would never microwave a Big Mac after. We, we it's talked already about got it. an extra bread in the middle. We talked about it on another podcast where McDonald's food has about a five-minute window in which it, it's delicious, and after yes. that, it just turns into like a puddle of slime. I don't even. I live less than a mile from a McDonald's, which I visit frequently, mm-hmm. and I, I don't even like going and getting it and carrying it home because by the time I get home, I'm like, oh, 
No. You just you have a wet bag. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the magical spell that's around a McDonald's. You walk outside of that uh, out of that area and you're like, "Oh, I've I've lost. You're not tricking me with your clamor <laughs> spell anymore." No, especially in San Francisco. I don't want to walk down the street with a McDonald's bag. I'm just like, "Look, if we're all in McDonald's, we're all it's like we're in a crack house. We all agree we're here. <laughs> we're not going to talk about this after <laughs> out of here." No eye contact. No eye contact. Eat we're silently. <laughs> I sit at a I my McDonald's has like a little like bar you sit at by the window mm. and there is that is the prime homeless spot in the in midtown san francisco so like you're eating disgusting food that you paid uh not a lot of money but too much money for and you're always looking at the people you're like i should you i feel like elon musk i feel like i'm shooting a car into space <laughs> when i should be giving you food yeah our, our mcdonald's in berkeley is sort of like a hobo camp <laughs> i like they have to have that line there they they only had one line of a character just saying i have to accept this driver's license to move forward but yeah no unlaminated out of state <laughs> <laughs> proof enough for me and uh, based on my tiny amount of research, that is correct Cantonese there. I Excellent. Hmm. So Ngoisai is a version of thank you in Cantonese. And at the very least, eyes and non are the same. Mm. So, But I would love to hear from an actual speaker of the language to correct me on this. I'm glad but... they did that research instead of just having gibberish. I think they're they're far beyond having just a poo scream gibberish. They yeah. do say in the commentary they also hired a real Chinese guy to mm. the guy that he's talking to. They did to. the dialogue. Yeah. Let's okay. not, yeah. not hank or someone, you know, so the liberals don't pretend to get offended, as <laughs> we Matt Groening says. We didn't talk about uh, fake IDs, and I, I kind of want to go back to that a little bit, because um, when I was growing up, that was like the plot point in every high school thing. Like, yeah. we got fake IDs, like Saved by the Bell, so many movies and TV shows. But McLovin. It's like, McLovin. Was that even, a, was that in Superbad? Listen, yeah. I was yeah. a fucking adult when that movie came out, Matthew. I'm talking <laughs> about my childhood. I was still, I was like 18. I was still like just past the window mm. where that would be a hugely influential movie to me. But I still I, think it's really funny. I never encountered fake IDs. They were never on the table. And like the the best people would do, would they would have like their older brother's ID to buy, buy beer with mm. or their older sister, depending on like what they were. Yeah, I never had a fake ID situation in my life either. I think it was that in my... You always count on a 22-year-old dirtbag older friend of someone underage of just like if you wanted beer or porn they'll just get this or actually with porn it was that one of my friends as i would come to learn later his dad was just like he was a <laughs> porn collector who had nice. so much that a son is stealing 20 of his magazines was nothing to him. Like, <laughs> he was like paul rubens it, i just have yeah. so much porn i don't know what's in there how am i to know and and by the time i was that age ids had like holograms and shit on them yeah all like that stuff. the california one is nuts there's like uh secret maps and uh, like holograms and waldos in there and there's like a bear <laughs> made out of like little pinpricks it's it's bizarre i do like the freaks and geeks episode about fake ids that was a really fun one too and look that up to see what it was like back in 1981 right as they were getting ready for the knoxville world's fair <laughs> <laughs> they had world's fair mania that show was all about it that's <laughs> why so i got canceled uh, but i also again with the timeline bart lost they they arrive at the wig sphere with four days left they've now lost like two they lose a day trying before they call lisa then he loses at least a day with the courier thing he's like i have to get home soon lisa i can't keep yeah flying time. from knoxville to hong kong and back 
That's a lot. That's a lot of lo- lost time. Thirty six hours. That yeah, be, yeah. And to imagine that Milhouse Nelson and that the the guy who runs the courier service too is just like, well, just these children. children they must be sleep sleeping there. on the sidewalk outside or something. <laughs> it's it's kind of fucked up when you have. When yeah, you all their all their luggage is gone. All their clothing is gone. Oh God. Uh, so Lisa is left with no other choice but to tell I, Homer. I love this. What's wrong, honey? There's something troubling me, Dad, but I don't think I can tell you because it's a secret. Oh, you don't have to tell me, but I thought we trusted each other with our secrets now. I mean, I haven't told a soul about your new boyfriend. Langdon Alger? Oh, I don't like him anymore. (laughs) Okay, but you gotta promise you won't get mad or tell anyone, especially Bart. I promise. Bart rented a car with a phony driver's license and drove Milhouse, Nelson, and Martin to a wig outlet in Knoxville, and the car got crushed, and they're out of money, and they can't get home, and Bart's working as a courier and just came back from Hong Kong! Yes. That's a real pickle. <laughs> Would you excuse me for a moment? <laughs> All right. I have thought this through. I will send Bart the money to fly home. Then I will murder him. No, no. Then he'll know I told. Dad, you said I could trust you. So they normally like Macaroni would shoot down a Homer turning a different color, but that was mm. perfect. Just him, all all of it sinking in, and I mm. love how how great Yardley Smith's delivery is. All the things she has to hit. This episode is so long; it goes over the credits. There's like content over the credits, and has the shortest intro, like what the shorter intro that they use. So there's just yeah. so much happening in yeah, this when, episode. There's like there's like ninety seconds left at this point. Yeah, when I rewatched this, I was like, wow, it's an it's an over nineteen minutes, yeah. and. There, this is a new plot point right here. It's, it's crazily paced, but I do love that Homer. I feel like you would in real life. That's not a cartoonish thing. In real life, you can see someone get so mad, their face immediately just turns red. Like, <laughs> and the way it's like the the parts of his face that turn red. It's even funny with the territory of his face that it covers. Like it's this perfect oval that <laughs> like it stops at the top of his forehead, it stops at the side of his cheeks, it stops at the bottom of his chin. When it could have just been from the neck up just red, that could have been like the easier way to do it. But mm. they instead made an artful, funny design decision to also add to the joke. It looks great. And I do love the the suit fogging up as he's screaming <laughs> yeah. uh, horrible curse words. I know I've had that thought of when I've been so angry and I want to try to mask it and and handle it better. I'm just like that's a real pickle. That's <laughs> the way that yes. the way of talking, of holding and, in your rage. And then I will murder him, mm. especially if you're like at a job. Yeah. And your oh, boss yes. yeah. tells you something like, "Hey, you're not getting paid for the most for the previous month of work you mm. did." And you're just like, "Hmm." Mm. That's interesting. And I think murder is legal. I say yeah. go for it. Let, yeah. the, let the courts figure it out. <laughs> uh, but I also I kind of love Homer's maturity here of saying like well you don't have to tell me like bad homer jerk ass homer parent would have said you're gonna tell me right now or so help me like but homer is has evolved in this episode at least with lisa he's like well you don't have to tell me but uh, and they're really keeping all this a secret to to keep marge out of it right is this who mm-hmm. they're protecting the entire time yeah from this, i mean i i feel like it they wouldn't make any sense well, then Homer can't punish Bart, which is what Homer wants to do all yeah. the time. And <laughs> in this case, Homer can't do it because he's not supposed to know. It's a real good mix of things there. Also, right after that, when Homer announces his plan, he then has to go like, okay, where's Knoxville? Like, Homer, an adult in America, should <laughs> probably know where Knoxville is. I, I don't know. Homer finally figures out a plan. Hello, Oak Ridge. This is Springfield Nuclear. We need to order a... Uh... Hmm. D-437 Safety Command Console. 
Uh, Springfield, my computer shows your T-437 is fully operational. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God, no. oh, this can't be happening. This, you're operating that on T-437, Springfield. Oh, sweet mother of mercy. I mean, I mean, my God. And have it sent to the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, care of Homer J. No, don't use your real name or Bart will know. Forget the name Homer Simpson. Have it sent care of... Langdon Auger. Mm-hmm. Where they order that that uh, console, Oak Ridge, it is actually, it is indeed the birthplace of the atomic bomb, like Lisa says. Wow. And it's 18 miles west of Knoxville. Wow. So again, they're doing their research. That's like, this, this all works out. <laughs> in in a season 10 episode, they wouldn't care. Like, no no offense to the people who worked <laughs> on season 10. Who we've all talked to by now. <laughs> yeah, they, but they wouldn't have cared about that placement. They would have just yeah. said, eh, whatever. And I really, I really enjoy Hank Azaria's uh, reading from like boring monotone guy. Like, oh dear lord, no! <laughs> oh god! Replacing that has to be hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars at least. And just the dead-eyed look as Homer calmly pours it over, and this like he, he even like puts his finger inside and like sprays it a little bit. It's yeah. great. It's great. They say that in the commentary. They say that it was like very specifically noted. The director was like straight out arm, like no, don't bend yeah. his elbow. Like that's so much funnier yeah, than he's if just he like was... staring off into the distance. Yeah. Like, I'll fix this. <laughs> It's such a great mix with Hank Azaria just screaming like, I mean, my God. And Homer's just like. Because he's like the safety inspector. We forget that. Like that. I mean, at one point he hit a wrong button and almost caused a meltdown. Like so many things have happened because of that console that totally destroying it could probably destroy everybody in Springfield. Yeah. Without that monitor. But then again, Homer never looks at his monitor anyway. So if it's broken or not, does it does it really make a difference? I also just love his commandment of like. Forget the name Homer J. Simpson. <laughs> and I, I also love in the delivery how needlessly cruel Bart is to the other boys. Of just He gives them one air hole, <laughs> and otherwise he tells them to just be silent for a long airplane that, ride. Like three unwashed boys that wouldn't change their clothes. It must be terrible in there. Just shoved in a box. Yeah. But they make it home, and yeah, that is why when they make it home, this is at best the, the Marge resolution. She's happy again that the whole family is back together. They'll be going back to school on Monday and everything will be normal again. But I don't think I'd go back again next year. It's getting too commercial. (laughs) They've forgotten it's supposed to be about the grammar. (laughs) (laughs) That's all Marge gets. It's that music sting. Hello? Oh, hello, Principal Skinner. No, Bart has never been to Hong Kong. Good night. (laughs) Hello? Tennessee State Police. No, my son's car was not crushed in Knoxville. I don't know where to begin telling you what's wrong with that. (laughs) Hello? No, Bart is not available tomorrow to deliver a human kidney to Amsterdam. (laughs) Homer, are you laughing at me? So this uh, this episode, the way it ends, I guess uh, Richard Pell said it was uh, a lot of episodes of New Heart would end this way, of like a phone call in bed over the credits of, of like sort of summing up what happened in the show or like making jokes about what happened in the, in the episode that was uh, before that. So Yeah, that's um, why he wakes up in the other show, right? When they find uh, out the other... Was it this Newhart? and Newhart, the... they wake up in the bed from the Bob Newhart show. Yeah. yeah. But that that was the bed they'd have those phone calls or summing it up conversations. Yeah. I Makes just... me think like a lot of the a lot of the Homer and Marge in bed talking about stuff must have been like inspired mm-hmm. by Newhart if that was like a common scene in uh, in that show and they were all inspired yeah. by Newhart. Was yeah. that a Brooks show or was that the other guy? Uh, well, David Merkin worked on it. He worked uh, on Newhart, not, yeah, the, not, the, not the Bob Newhart show. Mm-hmm. 
Newhart's the one that people like the most, though, right? I think so. Yeah, that was the hotel one. I think with sitcom fans, they they like both of them, but Newhart is the wackier and crazier spin. He's a psychologist uh, in that one, or something? Psychiatrist? He, in both, he's a psychiatrist. I thought, okay, he, yeah. Well, no, he runs a hotel in Newhart. Newhart. He had a background of previously being it. He's just he just wants to have a normal hotel, but he's surrounded by insane uh, locals. Which is the one that destroyed all those people's kidneys with the high bob drinking game? Are you oh, aware of this at all? Boy. And I think that's also Newhart as well. Yeah, there's one, I think it's Newhart, where the, the a recurring thing is some people always say hi, Bob, to him mm-hmm. when they when they show up. So people would play a drinking game where they drink, and Bob Newhart had to be like, don't do that, because <laughs> that's bad. And there's even, uh, when he hosted SNL in like the late 80s, the cast was like playing it with him like while he was just standing there. So they, he was like, no. And he had to tell like the cameras, like, no one should play this game. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, I think it might have been Farley. Like it was somebody uh, oh who, boy. Like, yeah, somebody who like, we shouldn't have been making jokes about so the drinking. So Bob Newhart killed Chris Farley. Wow. Uh, <laughs> which I got to say, I'm probably jinxing it, but we're oh, weeks boy. after that episode. <laughs> Bob Newhart's still with us. I, I, Simpsons Curse. Yep, yep. Uh, curse I'm just for more Bobs in entertainment. I mean, he's the only one I'm aware of that's still working. <laughs> Are there any other Bobs? Am I, am I, does Kirk? it all rest upon my shoulders? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I'm next in, in the line succession. <laughs> after Bob Odenkirk dies, it's me. It's my turn. Bobby Cannavale, does he count? Mm, Bobby, Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> Bobby Moynihan. And let's not forget Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, th- th- these are all old Bobs. <laughs> I, I still got it. You're the new Bob. Baby. Yeah. I, I hate to think of Bob Odenkirk as an old Bob, but I think he's like 50 now. He's in his 50s, like, yeah. 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 Uh, but the last thing I like about this episode is that how this Principal Skinner thing, which starts the episode so early you can believe forget he went to Hong Kong so when he shows back up in the last couple minutes to see Bart in Hong Kong it's just such a great like yeah. oh yeah you don't show. even you, do, you don't even need to have him there to see Bart he could just exist on the phone call at the end because we yeah. know he went to Hong Kong but I love that they took the time to show him there yeah it's great <laughs> and that he's out of all the places he could be eating Chinese food in Hong Kong he's eating at the Hong Kong <laughs> airport <Yes. laughs> probably found a good deal there that's some real not pre 9-11 flight in this episode too <laughs> uh, uh, so yes, thanks for listening, folks. It's been Talking Simpsons. Uh, I've been your host, Bob Mackey. Matthew J is our special guest. Tell us what you do, Matthew. Hey, I love talking about old cartoons. I do it on a YouTube show called Cartoons 101 that you can find at youtube.com slash cartoons101. It's also supported by a Patreon at patreon.com slash cartoons101, where if you give at the $5 level, you get a whole bonus weekly podcast where I uh, am currently going through the series Neon Genesis Evangelion with all my mm. cool anime nerd friends like you guys. It's me. Uh, and like... Uh, we had Ed and Alex on from the One Piece podcast. Uh, I had on uh, uh, Tristan Cooper from Dorkly, uh, Dawn from the Anime Nostalgia podcast, a bunch of cool people. I also interviewed Bill Oakley, showrunner of this episode of The Simpsons and creator of Mission Hill. We talked all about Mission Hill. So I had Scott Gardner on, creator of Moonbeam City and co-host of Podcast The Ride, one of my top pods of the moment, which is my entertainment weekly column where I review podcasts. <laughs> uh, check it all out. YouTube.com says Cartoons 101. And I'm on Twitter at Mr. Matt J and at Disney 80s 90s where I post cool, radical stuff uh, from the Disney company from the 80s and 90s, like uh, the event they had at Disneyland called uh, Go Pog Wild and Rollerblade Crazy. Wow, I've done both, and uh, it took me a while to recover, so I don't recommend it. Yes, my pog addiction. But as for us... (laughs) 
Everything we do on the Talking Simpsons Network is supported by our amazing Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you can give at many levels. I recommend the $5 level that gets you a ton of our podcast content. So if you give at the $5 level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you get every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad-free. You get every episode of What a Cartoon, our other animation podcast weekly, a week ahead of time and ad-free. That's what we do. We take the Talking Simpsons approach, but with different episodes of different cartoons. So there you go. You also get all of Talking Critic, 23 episodes of Talking Critic. You also get all of Talking Futurama, 13 episodes of that. All of our end-of-season wrap-ups, all of our interviews with people like David Silverman, Mike Scully, Bill Oakley, Dan Graney, Mimi Pond, and so many more to come. What am I missing? There's more There's more stuff going on in that $5 level, right? Uh, there's the entire first season of Talking Simpsons. That's right. If, you if you've gone back through all the episodes that are on the free feed and you're like, hey, they didn't do the first 13 episodes, they're all there on our Patreon as well. That's in the archives as well as... As the deleted scenes for seasons five and six and soon to be deleted scenes for season seven mm-hmm. not to mention our premium videos for folks who pledge ten dollars a month or more they get access to one video a month where me and bob go through some classic simpsons content like the original simpsons shorts and the deleted scenes in video form as well tons of cool stuff that's on there oh and our monthly community podcast talk to the audience it's a lot of fun and if you give it that five dollar level you will get an RSS code that can plug into any player you use to listen to podcasts and it works just like your regular podcast. We'll download everything we do automatically or however you want. So it's very easy to set up via Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. As for me, I've been Bob Mackey. That'll keep happening in the future. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo and check out my other podcast, Retronauts. Go to retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine or directory or whatever you use. It's a classic gaming podcast. I think you know it by now, but if not, check it out. I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Henry, where can we find you? I am at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter and you'll find updates about this show and all of our goings on on there if you follow me plus uh, angry thoughts of mine. <laughs> but yeah that's it so follow those cool things that I do and definitely give if you're still not listening to What a Cartoon give it a shot folks we go through so many different shows we just did a Cowboy Bebop one and a Space Ghost one which I think are totally worth your time thanks for joining us everyone we'll see you next week with 22 short films about Springfield infotainment.